Good evening and welcome to the Boom or Bust NRL Fantasy Podcast. Now we're in week seven of our preseason reviews and I'm your host Stuart Lord and tonight I'm joined by Mitch Brown who's our expert physio. Hi Mitch. Hey mate, how's it going? Good, good, good. And Nick Lord who is our fantasy nugget. G'day guys, how's it going? Good, good. Uh, I guess I said that twice in a row. I'm going to have to go back and edit myself. <laughs> Maybe I should say bad. I don't know. Anyway. Well, he's the, he's the fantasy nugget, so. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> That's true. All right, guys. Well, look, week seven of our previous. So, I guess uh, in the last seven weeks, we've, uh, we've started to get a little bit of a community happening around here. So... Uh, guys, thank you. We've hit 300 likes on our Facebook page. Yes. Wow. So thanks, guys. Look, you know, I would have been happy if we got there this season, to be honest with you. So 300 in all the preseason is great. Uh, it's about 297 more than I thought we'd get. <laughs> you didn't even <laughs> like our page for six weeks, mate. So 298 more than you thought we'd get. That, that's true. I didn't want to join anything that wasn't going to take off. <laughs> <laughs> glad, Don't be associated with us. Beyonce doesn't feel the same, mate. <laughs> yeah, she, she's always there to support us. Yeah, that's it. And the um, so thanks for that, and thank you for we're getting uh, increasing numbers every week on the podcast downloads as well. So we're up about twenty percent every week. It's great, guys. So thank you for liking and talk it to us about us to your friends and you know not too badly uh so look we got daily content guys uh we got uh leagues up and running as well uh we're at boom or bust nrl on facebook or the instagrams so look we got some news so i guess this week we went and watched the uh all stars over at mitch's palace so uh, guys, All-Stars, what do we think? Nick, take us away. Um, we A few weeks ago when we did the Titans, we uh, pondered whether we could tackle David Fafita and three NRL, tackle, uh, NRL players couldn't tackle him. So that has confirmed that there's no chance in hell we could um, tackle David Fafita. He looked uh, pretty slim, very versatile, I thought. Um, Andrew Fafita, uh, he looked a bit shaky to me, I thought. Um, Mitch, any thoughts on Andrew? Yeah, as as we said in the Sharks podcast, my thoughts were his career is close to over. Um, the lack of playing time and the decondition he's had has taken its toll. And then the other thing, which has been known about for a long period of time, is that he's he's got a really bad uh, arthritic knee. So I think it's finally started to take his toll. Uh, there were moments where he, I thought he did look okay. And when he does come back into the fold at some point, I think he will get some minutes this year. He, he might score points. But I tell you what, it confirmed that I'll be staying away from him for the large part of this year. You did show a little bit of interest though at 240K though. It's like at, at look at 400, I'd be staying away at 240. If he jagged a spot, look, you, you could do worse. Because oh, I think we marked one run that he did where he got seven points. You could have Torhu Harris. You could have Torhu Harris in your starting team. That's what you could do. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> oh, yeah, we saw that today. Well, who, whichever Nugget did that on NRL Fantasy Talk. Come on, mate. I'm pretty sure that we actually said that 
we would give whoever did that a hard time on the on the podcast that we okay. that we did for that. So anyway, yeah. Torhu Harris guys is out for you know probably eight to ten weeks. Do not start with him, ladies and gentlemen. It is a waste of money. Do not do it. So okay, uh, Nick. Other thoughts, Jesse Ramian. Oh, I just thought he looked absolutely in the best condition I've ever seen him. He's always he's, I know he's got a barrel chest, but he just looked very trim. Um, so he's always had a really good off season. Um, so I might revisit him just based on that because I always thought his work rate may have been held back by that, um, and maybe even some of the injuries may have uh, been contributed to you know being a bit um, not in the excellent shape he's in now. So I'll definitely have another look at him. Um, the other thing I thought, guys, uh, Braden Tr- uh, Nico Hines missed the first sideline uh, conversion, and then Braden Trindle took it from the same spot virtually and plotted it through. So that's going to be quite interesting if Trindle manages to start with Hines. Obviously, if it's more than it's not an issue, but we'll keep an eye on that. The other thing I thought, guys, Ryan James, I thought he looked solid. Uh, Stu, what are your thoughts on Ryan? Look, I same here. I thought he looked solid without being spectacular. Uh, he didn't re- have a breakout game, but I, to be honest with you, it's hard to tell with because it's basically a trials game. Like there's unlimited interchanges. There's twenty five thousand people on the bench, so they cycle through them pretty quickly. But look, he didn't look out of place. I know, Mitch. Any other thoughts? Uh, I had a few. Probably the big one was uh, Nico Hines. He, he really now becomes quite an interesting pick because I felt the style of team we saw him, now it was a an Indigenous team and it wasn't exactly the Sharks team, but I thought the Indigenous team struggled to, to really solidify uh, any sort of real territory, which I think the Sharks are going to have trouble with this year. I think we got to have a bit of a look at his kicking game. I really felt like Trindle outplayed him, as we sort of discussed would be the case two to three weeks ago. I'm a lot less high on Hines than I was um, three weeks ago, although I effectively thought he was at best a chucker star and style player. I am of the opinion that if you're going to get a Sharks player, it's probably got to be Trindle. I do think just watching that game that when Hines isn't behind one of the big bad forward packs of the NRL, which is the Melbourne Storm, that he's he's going to struggle to make metres uh as far as kicking, um, he really just seemed to be sort of a 20 or 30 metre ball run sort of kick. He's not going to have too many tries or line breaks. I think uh, that's going to be difficult for him. The other thought was, and I know he got two weeks for it, but uh, I thought Jordan Rapana looked fantastic uh, in that game. He really looked uh, to be the goods. Now, unfortunately, uh, there are a few occasions where he maintained the rage probably more than he should have, but... Um, you know, David Feeder's ribs. Uh... <laughs> well, and that leads me to to the second one, which is David Feeder. He's got the strength and ability to bust tackles of Payne Hines. Oh, sorry, Payne Haas, and then he has the speed of an outside back. Like, who is stopping this guy if he's fit the whole year? That that that, that uh, backline play. He is going to wreak absolute havoc uh, on teams if he's used properly. And the, the final thing was um, uh, Tyrell Sloan. Uh, gee whiz, he, he knows how to find a, a try. I don't think it makes him any more of a pickup this year, but just as a player, I thought he was uh, really quite good in the brief moments that he had. He, he knows how to put it over the white line, basically. 
hundred percent. No, I totally agree with that. I'd also add, uh, look, Tapane, if he was uh, in a team which had a less stacked forward pack and he was vaccinated, he would be a lock for my team because he looks good. He's just got the, he's got that, he's not enormous, but he's obviously got that strength where he's able to just push through other players to get to the line. So, look, I'd, I'd be all over him, except it's very much hard to pick up because it means that at the moment, unvaccinated, he can't play uh, in Victoria or in Queensland, and probably I'm almost certain to say New Zealand, if that becomes. Yeah, that. he t- he he topped the game in terms of fantasy points with uh, 78, uh, with the meat pies. So you know, yeah. he definitely put his name. He definitely put his best foot forward for uh, uh, fantasy league managers. Yep, and look, Cody Nikarima also looked all right in that team, like just to run him around, as did Britton Nakora on an edge. Actually, he looked fit and and going. Uh, just to last thing I would say to roll it back to the game Nico Hines got a 69 though in fantasy uh, partly to the fact that I think that he did a lot of like a fair few runs uh, so did double the runs of Braden Trindle uh, during the game so he got a fair few more there and he split the kick meters down the middle and he got the try assist so look he even though I know by your standards he didn't have a great game he still got 70 Almost. Yeah, I just am not convinced that he's uh, going to be able to take this role long term. He's a solid player and on a better team. Uh, I think he'd have more attacking points in him. I just get the feeling that uh, his Haas partner is going to take more of the role, but I could be wrong. Um, you know, and, and might end up tra- trading out for him and have egg on my face, but... Just a little bit wary. I'm big on the eye test. Uh, it's one of my major, uh, you know, and we'll go through this when we go through our theories on how we pick a team. But outside of how well the team's going to play, which I don't think it is, um, the other thing that I look at is the eye test and injury history. So, you know, injury history is not too bad, but the other two I'm just a bit shaky on, to be honest. No, fair enough. Totally makes sense. All right. So moving on. Uh, so the All-Stars game and look it was a little bit scrappy at times that's like pre-season games games with guys thrown together last minute all the rest they're always a bit like that so I guess the last thing is use it as a reference point but we'll see at least one more trial with a lot of those starting players in them like this week's trials to be honest guys will probably be a lot of um, reserve grade players or fringe players or guys sort of you know, who they're still trying to work out who will fill that spot. But, you know, at least uh, next week, we'll be able to get a proper look at a lot of these guys for about 40 minutes. Um, but look, we've got some questions. So, uh, Nick, do you want to start us off with the first question for tonight? So, Brenton slid into our DMs and he asked us, right? So, we'll go around the round table. Order of preference uh, for two baskets. He's got gun center DPPs. He wants us to rank Burton, Burton Aiken, and also the second batch, which is the mid-price, mid-DPPs. He wants us to rank Peachy, Cotter, and Kurt Mann. So I'll just quickly run through the stats again. Burton's the most expensive in the gun center batch at 593K. Um, Break-even of 48, and he's a half center. Bird is 535K. Break even of 43. Uh, he's an edge center. Aitken is 540, so he's pretty cheap as well. Break even of 43. He's an edge center. 
I've got Aitken number one because he's probably got the most uh, upside, in my opinion. Then I've got Burton second, and I've got Bird last, particularly on the back of this Achilles tendinopathy. Um, Stu, where do you rank those three? Look, I've I've got Aitken as far as I think that he'll is probably the most value there, right? But I'd say I've got Burton first because look, I don't think he's going to lose his role. There's no one to lose his role at at the Bulldogs, right? Whereas Aitken, Tohu Harris is going to come back. Josh Curran has to go somewhere in that team, and he could go to the bench. But there's a lot of edge forwards, so I would say. At the moment, Burton, because you can just put him in your side all season, leave him alone. Closely followed by Aitken. They're both in my team, by the way, these guys. And then Jack Bird, who I have recommended, but since that uh, uh, footage here, I've come off a little bit. So he's currently provisionally not in my side. Mitch? Uh, Yeah, I'm... Almost exactly the same. In fact, actually, now that I think about it, we're all different. Uh, I've gone Burton first. We're talking about superstar uh, halfbacks versus, say, Nico Hines, who is a good player. Matt Burton is the real deal. He's explosive. He has, as Stu has said in the past, the biggest left boot in the competition. I I don't think he has the most cash in him, but for consistent scoring and job security, minutes played, games played, I have to put him number one. He's the most safe pick, and I think he's a certified uh, boom pick. I was going to have Aitken above Bird just because of that Achilles injury uh, that is lurking about. And I just feel like uh, he's going to have more issues. We sort of talked on this in the Dragons pod that the secret to Jack Bird's success last year was he was in the center position where he could act as an impact player. Uh, He didn't have to do as much meters on the ground running. There was a lot less lateral movement. I do think he's probably going to go down. But with that said, I think Bird over Aiken, and the only reason for that, even though Aiken has more cash in him, is that Aiken is coached by Nathan Brown with Torhu Harris coming back. So we have no idea <laughs> what's going to happen next. And the uncertainty spooks me. So from certainty to uncertainty, I think you go Burton, Bird, Aiken. Um, and if mm. you're looking to go to the casino, maybe you go Aiken, Burton, Bird. I'm going to the casino, boys. Meet you at the start. Yeah. I've definitely got Aitken, but I'm aware of the fact that at some point, I'm hoping that he gets to 650, 700K and before you have to pull the eject button off him when Tohu comes back properly. I think I currently have all three of them in my team. Uh, That might change, but I I think all of them have cash in them. I do. Uh, Bird might go out just because the injury spooks me. But currently, I think I have all three in my draft squad. So that's what I think of those three players. Easy. And yeah, look, I'm guys, the same. I'm out on Bird too. Yeah, I, I'm I'm provisionally out on Bird, but I'll, I'll wait to see. But guys, our week nine uh, preseason preview. So in two weeks' time, we will go through our team lists uh, prior to team list Tuesday. And that way, I add, I'll publish them on uh, Facebook and the Insta. So that way come teamless tuesday we're just talking about what changes we're going to make rather than going through the whole thing top to bottom so that's a good one now the second round of questions was peachy Uh, potter man yeah so so we got peachy 528k with the break even of 42 he's a mid half we've got cotter 500k break even of 40 he's a hooker mid 
We got Kurt Mann, four seventy two K with a break even of thirty eight, and he's a half. So with Kurt Mann, um, we're expecting him to be the starting lock, which should mean that he gets the mid DPP. So all three of these guys are mid DPPs. Um so for man, we had him as a do we have a spicy or boom, but we had him locked in for about forty minutes at lock maybe twenty minutes to hooker, so his average would be about fifty. Um, my worry there is what are they doing with Phoenix Croslands um, and his minutes, which may into man's minutes potentially. I've got um, I did a bit of a – thanks, Brendan, for this question because I, I revisited Reuben Cotter. So if he gets more than 50 minutes, we said he'd be a boom because PPM is 0.94. Um, and I was doing a deep dive on some tackling stats. And he's actually second in the NRL in tackle percentage at 33.77, which is just absolutely – elite so that means guys he's involved in every third tackle on the field whilst he's on the field anywhere so anywhere so if he's on there every third tackle he gets involved in which is just insane um and he's also the second in the nrl in involvement percentage at 22.37 which is incredibly elite as well which means he's involved in a tackle or a run in every one in five possessions does that make sense so He's, he's just absolutely everywhere. I got these stats courtesy of Rugby League Eye Test. So shout out uh, to the guy who runs that. Absolute legend. Um, because I've I've had to bring uh, Cotter in as a result of this. Um, so back to Peachy as well. Uh, we had him as a... So if he's over 50 minutes, he was a pretty strong buy. Because when he's over 50 minutes, a locker off the bench, he averaged 48.6 with a break even of 42. So he's going to make you some cash. He's got a decent PPM at 0.86, but uh, Michael Maguire is coach. Um, <laughs> so, uh, so, so before, so when Brenton asked me this, I, I was actually thinking man number one, but I've now got Cotter as an easy number one. Um, man number two and Peachy number three. Uh, Stu, where, where have you got them lined up? Oh, look, I've got man number one uh, just due to his... Uh, oh, he the man. I, I think he'll get plenty of minutes in that side. Uh, because they need someone with a bit of speed in the middle because they've they've got all these big boys in there. They've got the Saifidi twins. They've got uh, like a few other just really uh, sizable forwards. Clemmer. Yes, like Clement. That's the name I was trying to think of. So, <laughs> David Clement, <laughs> I, I didn't forget you because you're not memorable, mate. I promise. <laughs> anyway, and, but, however, uh, look, I think Kurt Mann will add a bit of speed around that ruck in that Connor Watson role. And I think he's got a similar talent. Like, I don't know what you guys think. I think he's similarly talented to Connor Watson. The big difference is, is that Connor Watson started last year at 310,000. He's starting at 472. Yeah. So yeah. Oh, look, you made a ton of coin if you start off Connor Watson last year and held him. Mm. So I, but look, I, I like Kurt Mann. I do. Th- I have got Mann and Cotter in my team. Uh, I've added him in this week instead of Christian Welch, uh, partly due to the fact that his points per minute is high and due to the fact that I think that he's going to get a good role. If he's on the bench, he's out for me. That is a big one. Really? Oh, if he's on the bench, yeah, almost certainly, because who else would be there, mate? Probably Tamalolo. And he's a 60-minute middle. So, like, I, I would... But look, Ruben Cotter apparently is supposed to start at 13. And if so, he's definitely in. 
And Tyron Peachy, I cannot trust these Tigers. I cannot trust Michael Maguire. <laughs> anyone who trusted anyone apart from this year, like apart from maybe Stefano, you, you got rocks in your head. That, and that's just it. Like you can't trust Madge. But Peachy, while he's probably the classiest player of all three, has also been untrustable from a fantasy point of view. So that to me is like the perfect storm. And, like, and, and he's, he's got to be the bottom of the list, really. Yeah, and he's not in a keeper... Like, the, the middle half one, yeah, I don't think he'll put up keeper scores for either. And he's the most expensive. So, if if you're going to get him, and you've got man who's probably playing at a similar price, uh, sorry, a similar role, wouldn't you start off and say 50 grand? Don't know. Yeah, so yeah. I've got... I've yeah, got, what have you got, Mitch? Uh, man one, I think he's just the most likely to make cash uh the irony of all this is that i've probably put them in from skill level reverse order but for fantasy it's got to be man cotter and peachy as you said with madge and peachy's fantasy track record uh he he's basically unpickable man's the best prospect so that just puts cotter in third uh in second rather i, I currently don't have him in my team though on a cowboys team that has been, unsta- been unstable that could be revised my um, other argument for Cotter, guys, is that this mid position feels like an absolute headache from a team construction point of view. Like, you know, you look, you're scraping the barrels. So if you can get someone like Cotter, this is a shimmy Cotter starts. I think you honestly have to have him. Have to. Just from a, a team construction point of view. Because at 500K, you've really got to spend much, much, much more to get some decent points out of these guys. That's true. Uh, he's, I did add him during my construction today. It's Stefano and him as the two lo- locked-in starters. And Nick, do you want me to go on to our next question, which was about... It's stuck in, mate. Mate, we also got a question, and it's also a bit of news this week. Uh, Jack Hetherington, who uh, Trent Barrett's come out and said this week and said he's going to move him from the middle to the edge. Now, this kind of fixes a couple of issues at the Bulldogs. And a couple of issues for Jack Hetherington that I can see. For the Bulldogs, <laughs> it fixes a bit of a log jam at in that middle f- roll forward. So that middle forward roll. Let me try that again. So yeah, it does. They had a lot of like high minute middles. So guys like Thompson and uh, they've added Vaughn in as well. Josh and Jackson. That's it. Exactly right. You could you could almost run those guys for sixty five minutes a game and not sweat it, right? Have well, they're both they're both sixty to sixty five minute players, aren't they? That's that's a fact. Yeah, and Josh Jackson can do sixty five to eighty two. He's got one of those elite level motors. So if basically you could have one guy on the bench cover their the starting uh, middle three, right? So where does Hetherington fit in? But also Hetherington, he's look, he's got rocks for brains sometimes, but he's physically elite absolutely physically elite like cracked the top 10 fastest players in the NRL last season the only middle to do so top uh 10 big one that, that is unbelievable 100% he's that's the, actually changed my opinion on him straight away he's the 10th fastest Phil Gould came out and said that this guy the reason why Penrith had him right and he's a Penrith junior they sought him out they had him over a whole bunch of other guys because Physically, he's off the charts for these guys comparatively, right? And this is these are the guys who bought through Fisher Harris, who bought through Yo, uh, Leota, guys like that, quality players. Um, 
but he's fast, he's skillful, he's just been, and they said, uh, the coach has come in and said that hopefully this will allow him to play less aggressively because he won't be playing against the biggest boys and you tackle differently on the edges compared to the middle. Uh, so, look, I'm hoping here that basically I'm going to keep a very close eye on Jack Hetherington. Like, I've got him, you know, thinking about him, does he fit that uh, third slot? Currently, he's priced at 424k with a break-even of 34. Uh, he's only got one game at second row that we could look at, which is round 25 last year, which he went for 55 points in the 80. So, which is pretty damn good. Now, of course, this was round 25 for the Bulldogs. So I'm not sure that they were against... Against the Tigers. Against the Tigers. So it's it's nothing to write home, which is why it's all trials. And I would say... And the other one is... Uh, Raymond Fatala Mariner is potentially due back from that Liz Frank injury some point early on in the season. Round again, four, I think, Gus Gould said the other day. Yes, and so the danger of that is that, but obviously RFM coming off the double treatment for that. Remember, he had the failed return from injury, and then he had to go get the surgery. Uh, so I reckon RFM will be slow. I'm just hoping that Jack Heatherton comes back, absolutely kills it, and he's entering that prime time of his life. Like he's 25 this year. If he's going to do it, he's got to do it now. So hopefully he's got that little bit of mental maturity to go with his physical attributes. What do you guys think? I think he's a superstar player. The The big concern is, number one, there are a lot of good forwards in this team and he's not certain to have the sort of role we're looking for where he needs to be playing 60 to 80 minutes to convert points. And then two, as you said, he's a bit of a thug. He's notorious for being suspended for long stints. I mean, if you could take that out of the equation, I'd be willing to the role that dice. He is a superstar player. I didn't realize he was top 10 fast in the game. Just have a think about that. You've got a second rower of his size, who's one of the fastest boys in the league. If that works, that is going to be absolutely terrifying. It's why I was high enough on the Bulldogs to put him in the eight. I, I really like that. Um, the question is, you know, does he keep himself out of trouble? I'll, I'll, I'll be watching that in the trials. He, he might find his way onto my team, actually. That's it. And and I'd say from, from this thing, unlike possibly a couple of other guys, I'm not sure he's, he's like a, your traditional sort of thug where he goes out to hurt people. It just his playing style was conducive to him hitting people high. He loved the swinging arm. Is it fair to say he's just too big and strong for everyone else? Like I, he just gets himself into bad spots. Yeah, not in. It's not, I don't mean it to be malicious. It's not intentional. He just, he's just too big and fast. He just cops people in the head. You know, you're that high and you've got a shoulder. You're gonna get a few people in the head anyway. Yeah. And um, look, look, he's six three. I think he's. I think he's been playing. He's slightly smaller than the other guys he's been going up against, and he's been making up for that with the fact that he's also very quick and very strong. And that just means sometimes if you're playing at a hundred percent, you whack people at a hundred percent. <laughs> he's only 6'3", guys. He's not 6'7". Like, let's no. not take this out of proportion here. No, that, that's what I mean. I, I, I think that he's not nece- he's not huge, but he's fast and he's very strong. Do you so- want to be that much bigger than 6'3", though? Like, at 6'4", 5", he's starting to be more of a, a giraffe and awkward. Like, I think 6'2", 3", is like the ideal sort of height. Maybe 6'4", at an absolute maximum. Yeah, 100%. So, look, Ryan James is 6'4", to put that in perspective. And, and he looks fairly Ryan tall James on the field. He's had suspension issues in the past, I think, as well. (laughs) (laughs) So, look, I I guess for me, 
Uh, Jack Hetherington is someone who I've provisionally, like I've got a spot in my team, like that third middle spot, you know, that, so, you know, I might have a, another forward on the bench as well. Jack Hetherington might get there if he gets that starting role. Very Did you start him on your edge with the DPP? That's it, exactly. So if he gets the edge, round one, he gets that, that DPP and that solves a lot of team construction issues as well. So it would be, I'd have Cotter, Mann, Udo Kamano and Hetherington. Yeah, that'd be nice. Yeah, i got Nanai's starting edge at the moment, which I'm not feeling great about. So upgrading that to Hetherington might be quite nice come Teamless Tuesday. Mm. Oh, you'd have him as edge. Yeah, I'd, I'd have him as a middle for me. But look, as edge as well, look, DPP, you can, that's the great thing, right? You can fix issues with a cheap DPP. All right, guys, we're probably, what, 20 minutes in and we haven't started the full length of the episode. So how about we get cracking with it? So, up. all right. So look, tonight, guys, we're going through the Seagulls and the Rabbitohs. So these were teams that finished third and fourth last year. So the Rabbitohs made it all the way through to the finals, uh, grand final, and they just lost due to a Steve Crichton intercept and Adam Reynolds kicking one wide, which is a bit rare for him. But they went very far last year. And uh, the Seagulls, who after a shocking start to the season, a real shocking start, uh, 0-4 and getting tuned up quite badly by the Roosters and a couple of other teams, they then came back walloped a whole bunch of sides and went on I guess Tommy Turbo went on an absolute fantasy rampage and and not even fantasy rampage just a straight up NRL rampage didn't he guys like he, he slaughtered the league he ran he just ran the whole league there, there was calls for Des Hasler in the season it's just ridiculous to begin with um, particularly missing Turbo so yeah then Turbo just torched the whole league unfortunately yeah, pretty much went from uh, people calling for me, uh, Hasler to be sacked after round four to uh, being up there for coach of the year. So isn't that funny? That's oh, so, crazy. Yeah, it's just ludicrous. Yeah, he, so, he, he definitely wasn't coach of the year, though. Like, coach of the year takes the team without Tommy Turbo to the top eight and then Turbo takes them the rest of the way. He just had, you know, the second best player in the league play some of the best footy we've ever seen. They just need to calm down, I think. Oh, 100%. Yeah, but yeah. I, I guess what I was trying to say is, like, he went... It's a long way forward from being calls to be sacked to being at least in contention. So I don't know. I, I'd argue Hazel is one of the best coaches last year for sure. Like he, he just plays Volandi's balls better than anyone, right? Puts everyone in position. And if you actually look at their style, like they, they changed so much to do this Volandi's ball, like scoring tries from wide out, set plays for Jason Saab. Like he, he earned his coin. I, I know he gets paid a lot of coin, but he definitely earned it last year, I thought. Mm. Definitely. I, I would have thought Anthony Griffin would be in contention given the Dragons have re-signed him without a minute played this year. <laughs> Bloody hell. Like, sorry oh, to but, get but, distracted. But you see, but, took but, him too. Honestly, I, I can't. I'm too upset. <laughs> Mitch taps I, I, out of the Dragons. I, I guess, guys, that's the other news is that Anthony Griffin has been re-signed for another couple of years uh, after taking them to the mighty position of, what was it, 12th, 13th last year? Hey. They haven't played a second of football. It's like when we re-signed McGregor like three rounds into the year. We won two out of three games. Like, yep, let's re-sign him. I just... Oh, God. All right, let's get on with the Eagles. Let's talk okay. about good clubs. Far okay, out. yeah, okay. So, footy boys. Look, let's talk about Seagulls. So, they're the most footy. stable club this year. So, look, they've only guy that they've picked up this year of significance from other clubs has been Ethan Bullimore, who they picked up from the Broncos. I think he's a pretty good signing. So, he was... 
I'm surprised they let him go, actually. They must have some real good guys coming through who are pushing him for a spot. Or maybe the Seagulls just offered more money. And look, they've yeah, lost... both, I think, mate. Fair enough. And they've lost some guys around the edges, like uh, fringe players. So they lost Curtis Sirenen, uh to St. Helens. That didn't end well for Curtis. You know, everyone's a bit salty. I know his dad was. Uh, Moses uh, Moses Suley, who's off to the Dragons on, what, $8 billion a week? And oh, God. Yeah, uh, he couldn't crack the 17 at the Seagulls, but apparently he's worth 600k at the Dragons. Good luck. Uh, <laughs> never, never, never mind that we've got, you know, plenty of talent oh, in that hike. The worst signing brothers and, ever. Yeah. Uh, I, I don't worry about the worst signing ever because you currently got... What a slap in the face. Oh, what a slap in the face to your local talent. Far out. It's just... What a it, joke. It's keep an going. choice. Okay. Yeah, got, keep going, man. They've let go Tavita Funa and Zach Sadler. Uh, they've lost Cade Cust to Wigan as well. Big he's loss. Gone off, and, and he, well, he was actually, uh, he's gone off there. He's performed really well. I saw some great work off him the other day. As you can tell, when I get bored, I start watching Super League. And they've lost another of their top players, Jack Gozewski. Gajewski. Uh, Gajewski. Thank you for helping me out with that one, Nick. Uh, Jake, uh, sorry, Jack Jevit. Gajewski. There we go. Thank you to the Dragons as well, who's hopefully not on six hundred thousand a year. So, guys, thoughts on these? Um, fairly stable team. Uh, you know, a couple of Cade Custer's a big loss. That one is going to be hard to cover. But the guts of the team that got them to fourth last year is there. So, you know, no, no, no ridiculously good signings. But why? Why would you try and adjust this team? Uh, all that much when it worked so well for you last year under Volandis, but you just try and build build on the chemistry and stay as healthy as you can. Yeah, run it back, boys. Run it back. That's it. All right, injuries. Mitch, take us away. Yeah, it's a pretty short list for the Eagles again this week, which is probably, you know, part of their success last year, I guess. You know, there was an interesting stat uh, the year St. George won the premiership that they had the lowest injury rate by about seven injuries. And uh, it's always something to look for. Anyway, uh, Morgan Boyle. So he had uh, a shoulder reconstruction and ended up being a Lattage, uh like Nathan Cleary. He's due to return the trials. As we discussed last week, the Lattage has really good outcomes, lower injury rate of about 3.5%. Uh, it was performed by an excellent surgeon uh, who, who's really known as the best guy in the business for it. He's had huge amounts of time to recover. So when we consider the the time to recover for fantasy implications and the surgical outcomes, uh, I'd see no issue starting Morgan at the beginning of the year if you deemed that to be something worthwhile from a fantasy point of view. Uh, Andrew Davey, so he went down with an ACL uh, March of last year. He's set to return the trials. He's had nearly 12 months to recover. And as we've spoken about, 12 months is my favorite amount of time for ACLs. It's a much better outcome as far as injury recurrence. The main injury or the main concern for Andrew would be the lack of match fitness. So he has had that long stint of time off. He may have a slight drop in match fitness due to the year off as far as fairness implications go. He has had plenty of time to recondition uh, as far as strength and speed and agility, but we just might see him play less minutes due to the period of time off. I would think, you know, watch him in the trials. If you think he's looking pretty good, he could be around one start, though my feeling is he'd be just a round or two um, 
shy of being to full fitness. I'd be thinking rounds three, he'll be hitting his stride. Josh Schuster, he's the more interesting one or, or recent one. He had a syndesmosis injury. Bit of a shame to do that in uh, in training camp. That's about as bad as it gets really from a medical staff point of view. They'd be pulling their hair out. It's just one of those things that happens and you just go, oh, it's, it's the absolute worst. He's slated to return in round six to eight. It's a 10 to 12-week rehabilitation, though some of them can get back at that eight-week mark. It has good outcomes mid to long term. It's a very low injury risk. He will have some deconditioning cardiovascularly, and that's due to that time spent in that can boot where he can't uh, run or weight bear for the first four to six weeks. As a result, for fantasy, we might see some dropping output the first week or so as he gets back up to NRL speed. Once again, though, it's low injury risk. So once he's back on the field, you probably see a couple of weeks of lower performances where his price will drop, and then it's time to get on board with the Schuster train. So that's the injuries for the Eagles. Yeah, uh, that's good to know. I I quite, as bad as it sounds, I quite like the Josh Schuster injury just from a purely fantasy standpoint. Obviously, personally, Josh, hopefully, uh, you know, you get well really quickly and, uh, you know, we wish it never happened. But he was a bit uh, priced a bit too high for us to jump on board for. But maybe a few weeks of uh, declining prices might uh, might help some of us to uh, to jump on what is a quality player. Anyway, uh, Nick, so the Seagulls this year, what are their, what's their strength of schedule look like? Mill the road, guys. Eighth easiest schedule with the bye round 17. So they have the third, third hardest run to round 13 and the second easiest run home after Origin round 18. So the first two games of the season, guys, not great, uh, but it's actually followed by a good four-game stretch. So first two games, the Panthers and Roosters away, which is pretty, pretty rough. Then you're followed by the Bulldogs, Raiders, Knights, and Titans. Uh, to finish up, final four games, we've got the Titans, Sharks, Raiders, and guys, get ready for this Bulldogs round 25. Yeah. That, that is just excellently juicy. Um, in terms of teams, they have twice. They've got the Storm and Roosters, which isn't great. The Raiders up the milk, Mitch's oh, Raiders. Oh, that'll be but a good then, game, actually. Then they got the Titans, Sharks, Eels, Knights, Bulldogs. So they don't have any... You know, easy beats twice necessarily, except for the Bulldogs, I'd say. Or, a lot of the middle of the road I teams I guess it twice. depends on how you feel whether the Bulldogs will do this year. It's not like last uh, year's Bulldogs, but I do. I, I think I think the Knights, Sharks, and Titans are all two wins, though. But they, they don't have the Tigers, Dragons, and Cowboys twice, which are the well, three sort of junk teams in our opinions. Ha- hang on. The Dragons have a very good record against the Eagles. I'm not. I'm not tipping them against Tommy Turbo, particularly if it's in Brookie. I haven't looked it up, but <laughs> all right. So, but the the big one the, that you glossed over a little bit, Nick, the second easiest run home. So one hundred percent. That's an interesting one for when you're picking up keepers, ladies and gentlemen. Post Origin, I think also you've got a couple of key origin players in there, Tommy Turbo and Daly Cherry Evans. Now, we did say earlier in the season, I think it was you, Stu, when we were talking about captains, that Daly had the most amount of points overall and backs up after games, but I, I am not going to be able to fit either of them in my team, and looking at that now, it's a no-brainer to pick them up after the origin uh, period, and this is why I love Nick's strength of schedule and why I think it's one of the key elements in building your team. It's just such an important thing to know what sort of teams uh, your players are coming up against because, you know, you're just going to get on all their biggest, baddest players after the origin period, basically. 
That's true. And I guess if there is someone to jump on early, the fact that they play round 13, that's always a benefit as well because it means that any cheapies that you get on, it, they'll, you don't have to worry about them having a week off unless they're Jack Hetherington and they'll get a suspension. So Yeah, so your pickups round one look good, um, but then your guns on the run home look very savvy as well, your Cherry Evans and Turbos, guys. Yeah. Oh, look, that's that's great. Okay, any other thoughts on the schedule? No, no mate, you go. That, that's All about right. it. All right, well, look, let's have a look at the predicted 17. This one was pretty easy to go through today. I had to make a couple of adjustments for injuries, but that's about it. So look at fullback. We have the man, the myth, the turbo, Tom Travojevic. We have at... Oh, Wink- boys, just quickly, just quickly. I went down to um, my mate works at uh, Brookvale Tire Power. I went down and I met um, uh, Tommy Turbo briefly and Sean Keppy. They are big boys, both of them. But Turbo was st- uh, stood taller than Keppy. And like, I'm, I'm six foot. I'm a bit pudgy, and they just, like, absolutely dwarfed me. I'm like, oh, my goodness. Like, I couldn't imagine someone that fast, like, and, and strong and, like, slippery. I could not imagine trying to uh, catch up with uh, Tommy Turbo. So, bloody hell, what a sight. Question for the cast. Could the three of us, assuming that we he doesn't run around us, could we tackle him? Could the three of us put him down? Does does he yeah. pass the David Fafita test? Could we get him down, or would he just run us over? He's he's got less of a bounce factor, but he did bust a lot of tackles late last year. That's what that's what I'm asking. Like Nick, you saw him up close. Um, could you, me, and Beefcake put him down? <laughs> I, only um, with my beefcakeness, boys. I'm the only guy outweighs him. <laughs> <laughs> you, you you weigh strongly into the into the consideration. I think, mate. I think I I think we'd have to get on some like uh, mass gainer for twelve months before we could bring him down together. I think he passes the Fafita test. To be honest, oh, man. <laughs> Uh, uh, I think I shook his hand. He's got huge hands. Like he's just a strong, strong man. Strong. Hmm. All right. So look. Sorry, Stu. Keep going with the the, the team list. My bad. It's all good, man. I didn't get very far. So look, let's start from the beginning. So at fullback, we got Tommy Turbo on the wings. Jason Saab and Ruben Garrick, who I would say is one of the top five fantasy surprise packets from last year. Like I don't think anyone jumped on him at all and he ended up being sort of the most expensive winger in the game scored 300 points like actual points in game points uh at center we have brad parker and morgan harper uh in the halves we have the og crew we have daily cherry evans and kieran foran uh we have uh prop we have uh tanila Pasika and martin tapau and then we have on the edges, uh, we have, I've got Carl Lawton filling in for Schuster and I have Hamoli Olaka, <laughs> Olaka Atu. Geez, say that three times quickly. Uh, and look, locking them all down, I have Jake Travojevic. And look, Lachlan Croker provisionally at nine, though I hear that he's injured, which may mean that uh, we might see Carl Lawton fill in there as well. Uh, it's a Carl Lawton's going to be edge and hooker. Sounds good. Look, yeah, he, he's got a chance. Uh, I'd say he's pretty certain. To, <laughs> he's pretty certain that he he starts either way, uh, but I'm pretty sure he's both backup uh, edge and backup hooker for that team. So it's just which one they're going to fill him in at. Uh, then look, 
on the bench, I've got Dylan Walker. So uh, doing that middle role that he did last year. I've got Andrew Davey potentially coming back from return a bit off the bench. Sean Kepi, who we mentioned before. And I've also got uh, Toafoa Sipley as well. And I guess looking at the bench, I've also got uh, so, so uh, the guys outside the bench. So in the rest of the 30, we have Josh Schuster, uh, obviously injured. We have Josh Alloway, who is suspended for the first three rounds. And we've also got uh, Tolatau Kula, who is apparently basically the new gun fullback in the NRL, like potential fantasy or potential NRL superstar for that team. They've signed him and he could, we could see a bit of him this year for those games where Tommy Turbo misses out. If you Google Tolatau Kula, the first thing that comes up is Tolatau Kula's speed and GPS. So he must be a speed demon, guys. That's it, yeah. What? It actually says on YouTube, uh, or Fox, Fox Sports, sorry, it says Manly's speed demon prospect has wheels. <laughs> oh, that's exciting. That's it. Uh, apparently, like, and yeah, the, the other places there have just got exactly how fast this guy can run. So I would uh, would keep an eye on him, especially if Tommy Turbo does go down at some point. Uh, you could see him cooler uh, start either on the wing if they move Garrett to the back or possibly even at fullback. So, uh, any thoughts on that starting uh, 17 and the rest of the squad, guys? Um, I think it looks to be a great squad. It's pretty well the same as last year. The only weakness I see, and in Volandi's ball, it's not a huge deal, is I think I don't think it's as good of a forward pack as some of the other ones we're seeing cropping up this year, but... In the positions that matter, they're pretty strong. That's true. Yeah, I don't, I don't see any weaknesses. Good, good back five, good, uh, excellent halves. You know, it's solid hooker, excellent four pack, great bench. There's no weaknesses. Depth would be my one. Is that the only thing I can see with this team? And I think that Josh Schuster and Carl Lawton between them, they do cover most positions. They can cover half, second row, a little bit of middle. Uh, You've still got George Tafu on the bench. Josh Alloway to come back. You know, there's some, there is some sort of depth there, I'd say. That's true. All good. Okay, well, look, let's have a talk through the fantasy-relevant players. Nick, take us away. Who are we starting with? Starting with Tommy Turbo. He's a million bucks, guys, with a break-even of 80. In 2021, he averaged 83.8 in 15 games, and he's a wing fullback. So he won the Dally M. <laughs> let's just rattle these off. 25 tries. 27 try assists, 30 line breaks, and 35 line break assists, Holy guys. Shit. This was done in 15 games. I don't think it will ever be repeated from an attacking point of view. That translated to 1.7 tries per game, 1.8 try assists per game, two line breaks a game, and 2.3 line break assist point game. It's, it's an absolute statistical outlier. So in 2020, he averaged 44.6 uh, injury-affected season, obviously. And in 2019, he averaged 52.7. So... You know, he was 30 points up on his uh, 2019 season, which is just insane. Um, you know, when we when we all got him, when he came back, he we, no one was expecting this. You know, we thought he'd be good, but not like this. Michael um, Stere did. <laughs> <laughs> he took in week one, the numpty. Oh, I, 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 wait, for round one or the first yeah. week he was back? First week he was back. 
Oh, yeah, same. Yeah, well, you're silly not to, I reckon. But, um, yeah, I don't think even taking him the first game he was back, you couldn't expect what happened. Um, so, as we mentioned before, seven tackle breaks per game. He actually had one game with 19, another game with 15. So, once you sort of exclude those type of outliers, like one of them was against that final game, I think he gets the Cowboys or Titans, I think it was. Um, he sort of averaged 5.5 tackle bus per game. So, that's sort of the what I'm looking at this season. 5.5, not 7. Um, all his base stats seem very sustainable. Uh, look at 221 meters gained to sort of the big one there. Um, my query is, is, guys, his attacking stats. So, 35 of his 80-odd points were from attacking stats. So, when I look at, say, let's just say a 20% reduction in those attacking stats is still unbelievable, but let's just say 20%. Once you take into the account the tackle bust nerf, he could be averaging, and if you take a 20% decline as attacking stats, he could be averaging, you know, mid to high 60s, but... Um, if you think his attacking stats are going to be exactly the same, I've got him sort of mid to high 70s. So as a result, I'm sort of thinking in between the two. So I'm sort of thinking he'll average around 70, even though he's priced at 80. So I've got him as a bust. Uh, Mitch, are you, are you going to find the cash to bring him in? Absolutely not going to bring him in just because of the fact that there's not a chance that he can repeat those attacking stats again. I felt like in the finals, teams started to figure out how to shut him down, particularly that South Sydney game um, and the Melbourne Storm close to the end of the season or perhaps the finals did a particularly good job in uh, nullifying his influence. The, The main thing and the main reason I won't be finding a spot for him is their run to round 13 is pretty tough. He's likely to have a drop in points just based on the, the decreased attacking production. Then uh, I'll let him get through Origin and then I'll be picking him up as soon as Origin is over, assuming he's not injured or, or beaten up too much. So based on that, he's a chuck a star on him player for me because I'm going to put a star on him and wait till he drops in value. Ideally, sort of those uh, mid to low 60s that you were referring to and then I'll be bringing him into the team. What price would you bring him out at Stu when he takes this dip that I'm sort of thinking he'll have? Look, the answer is that you're right at as low as it will go. So depending on how the season starts, if he just say he has, you know, a game, he gets a head knock or he has to come off early, right? His break even will crack to over 100, right? Kind of like what Paps did last year after the HIA during Magic Round. And they'll drop coins super quickly. So the answer is, is that it, look, I reckon he's probably worth around sort of seven fifty, eight hundred and fifty thousand dollars. But hopefully, no, not hopefully. But like, if he does have a short and length game, and you just ride that for a couple of weeks, because uh, for the guys at home uh, who haven't done fantasy or, or really looked into the pricing too much, uh, how pricing works is over a three-week rolling average against the base price, and they're basically pointed at about. Uh, twelve and a half thousand dollars per point so if they score like you know your average is break even to 60 you score 50 uh next week like you'll lose a bit of money and then next week your break even will actually be higher It'll be somewhere around 70 right and basically this is how price decreases start if you have a game where you get a really short number like 10 uh they can drop in coin really quickly that being said back to your original point nick uh at what point 
I definitely, if the number had a six in front of it, I'd definitely be considering ringing turbo in. Oh, mate, he's not going to. He's not going to get down to six hundred k. Come on, that that that's a fifty average. I uh, no no, but remember, it's it's not the average that you have to be worried about. It's the does he take a big dive at some point? Does he have an injury affected game? Does he come off the bench? Does Desi Desi shedded him a few times early last year, right? Does that happen? Does he get a little nickel and come off? And that's where I reckon he might drop. So anything with a six, uh, the I'd still pick him up post origin for um, anything under eight hundred k. Yeah, nice. Okay. Yeah, I'm, I'm sort of thinking in the low eight hundreds, I'd probably pick him up at that point. But we'll obviously see how it goes with any other injuries. So we're chucking a star on him, boys. Chucking a star, definitely. And look, Pete Pe- Teddy's about eight hundred k. So that sounds about right, doesn't it? Yeah, I think so. Yeah, with, with probably more upside at the moment um, than Teddy, unfortunately. Okay, guys, we'll get on to DC, Daily Cherry Evans at 822K. His break even is 66, and in 2021, he averaged 71 in 22 games, which is fantastic. And he's a half, so he did an awesome 2021. His attacky stats actually seem quite sustainable to me. So he had 0.4 tries per game, 1.1 try assists per game. 0.3 line breaks and 0.8 line break assists. If I'm honest, I thought he'd probably score more tries because he's the kind of half that supports through the middle. So he averaged 375 per game, so lose about six. Um, but he has 1.5 offloads a game, which is you know really good. Um, so he could see a bit of a bump there, um, a couple, couple of points average. So they, they offset each other a little bit. I don't see much really changing. If I'm honest, perhaps teams load up on turbo more. And so perhaps Hasler sort of tells Cherry Evans to sort of bring out his running game a bit more this year. Uh, Stu, what do you reckon on D- oh, DC? Uh, look, I think DC is a quality fantasy player. I think last year he turned back the clock a little bit. He had one of his best seasons of all time. Uh, that coincided with the Seagulls having one of the best seasons in a long time as well in the fantasy era. So... Look, I reckon he's he's base. You're basically paying full freight for Daily Cherry Evans, but as we saw there, he's a guy who can crack out consecutive hundreds point scores. So you got he's got to be in the frame. If Nathan Cleary wasn't there, he'd probably be a lock to be a captain actually. But as it is, probably wait for you know middle of the year post Origin, uh, or if like I've already talked about tonight, if he suddenly gets very very cheap for some reason. So for me, he's Chuck a star. Where have you got him, Mitch? Yeah, I feel the same way. Chuck a star. He, he is going to be a solid player all year. I don't think he'll have quite the same production as last year. Uh, again, just not early on, like, for the same reasons as Turbo, based on that strength of schedule. But he'll be finding his way into my team as a, a final team sort of keeper player. I just I think he'll probably, at some stage, drop to... Uh, mid 700s low 700s just on the more difficult games early on and then ideally that sticks around till uh, after the origin period and i'll be bringing him in at that point yeah i worry he might get some more kick meters from these hard games but you know hopefully hopefully he's affordable post origin for that sweet sweet run home so we'll chuck some of the star in him, boys okay moving on to fozza Kieran Foran, 419k. He's ultra cheap. His break even is 34. 22 on average is 34.7. He's actually very healthy last year, which is quite surprising at 22 games. Uh, half he's had quite a lot of injury issues over the years. Shoulders, knees, all that sort of stuff. Um, so when he actually played the full 80 minutes, he averaged 36. But when you take into account tackle bus and kick med nerves, 
I got him averaging, you know, 32, so he's going to lose a bit of money. He is a big name. I'm a huge fan. I think he's an excellent player, but guys, do not pick him up for fantasy. I've got him. Just don't bother bust. Uh, Mitch? Yeah, same sort of deal, mate. Uh, I can't see him having an increased role. I can't see any additional points. I thought he did pretty well to be able to have as many games as he did last year. I think that might have been the healthiest game he's had in a long, or season he's had in a long time. And largely, I think it was primarily due to him. A bit like what I said with Jack Bird for the Dragons one, is he wasn't asked to do as much as he had been on other teams, and therefore he just didn't get beaten up quite as much. And because of that, there's no value there. Uh, If he does a few more minutes, I'll be jittery about him getting injured. So he's a bust, unfortunately. You? Yeah, that's the same for me, mate. There's just, uh, I guess... I'm always looking for for halves or whatever else. So if they're not at that keeper level, has their role changed, right? Or have they hit the next level of form? And look, Kieran Foran, he's at the end of his career or near the end. So there's there's he's not really learning that much more and there's no new role for him there. Uh, even if, even if uh, Cherry Evans went down, I'm not sure how high I would be on... Uh, how high on him I guess he gets some more kick meters but he'd also be a bigger risk so look for me he's a bust yes guys don't bring him in he's a certified bust on to Ruben Garrett guys this surprise package of the end of last season uh, 668k his break even is 54 and he averaged 53.3 in 2021 he's a wing fullback he's their goal kicker guys and he was the first in the league in line breaks and one one and a half per game um, on average so when he played, he filled in at fullback because Turbo, as I mentioned before, only played 15 games. So Garrick actually filled in at fullback. When he played fullback, he averaged 66.7 with 8.3 tackle bus per game. So if he manages to get a more fullback time, he could average 58.4, which is just above his break even. However, when he played wing, um, 51.3 average with the 3.1 tackle bus. So he's sort of looking at 48.2. His 4.2 goals is very nice. He runs for about 150 metres per game. I think he could have an excellent season like he did last year and still lose you six fantasy points from the wing, unfortunately. So I've got him as a bust. Um, But if he gets cheap enough, I might look at him, I guess. Um, That's assuming he might actually look like he did at the back end of last year. So maybe he's a chuck of star. Stu, would you consider bringing in Ruben uh, in the back end of the year? Oh, look, I, I don't think so. I think he's one of those guys who kind of like Brian and Tor had like this last year was his breakout season. And so if he hopped on that ride, you were, were in for a great time. But I don't think he'll drop back to the point where you can sort of ride him to that stratospheric level. And you just, you can't rely on the Seagulls going on that run again. So for me, it's a bust, unfortunately. Yeah, boys, I think you covered, I think you covered all the key points there. Uh, he's just not going to repeat that again and I'm not willing to stake my fantasy money on it. So, unfortunately, he's a bust. Sweet ass, guys. On to Morgan Harper, the um, right center. He's 500K. His break even's 40. He averaged 40.4 in 2021 in 20 games. So, he's just a center, so he doesn't have that DPP. Um, he's got decent base stats, guys. Two, um, you know, uh, 104 uh, metres gained with nearly 17... Uh, tackles, uh, 2.9 tackle busts, so he's quite solid, um, decent base, you know, not too many attacking stats. Um, the wingers seem to do much better for Manly than the centres do. 
Um, I don't see any value necessarily. I think he's going to, you know, be a high 30 sort of player. So I at that sort of price point, you can get so many other guys, in my opinion. You, you should either cash down or find some extra money to bring in some of the guys we mentioned earlier, like Burton, Bird, Aitken, someone like that. Um Stu, would you even bother with Morgan Harper? No, nah, he's a bust, man. Like, yeah, for 30, 40 grand, you get you an Aiken, right? Or Jack Bird. It's just, there's no money there. Like, again, if you got him last year, you probably made 150K, but there's nothing there this year. Sorry, guys, bust. You going bust, Mitch? Yep, absolutely. And probably so the, same, guys same on... the next one, Lachlan Croker. I'm guessing <laughs> uh, there's <laughs> just no value there. Bust. Okay, uh, I agree. If he gets 65 minutes, which we think he'll do, um, 0.64 ppm, which means average 41.6, guys, at 561k in a break even of 45, that means he'll lose sort of three average. I know he's got the nice DPP, so he's a half hooker and he played every single game last year, but guys, it is too much risk. He could, he could lose about eight, nine points or so if he doesn't get that 65 minutes. So I got him as a bus as well, Mitch, you're the same? So, guys, on to Gerbo, Jake Trebojevic, the uh, superior Trebojevic <laughs> at 641k. His break-even is 51. His 20 average was 48.9 in 20 games as a mid. His PPM is a bit shocking at 0.64, which is just pretty crap for a mid, in my opinion. He should be over 0.8 for sure. Um, Mr. Reliable, he always rocks up, plays long minutes, 76.2 minutes. He isn't affected by any of the changes in the stats because he only has 0.3 tackle bus UP. He was fifth in the league in support runs, actually, 171, um, which is pretty sweet. Uh, uh, the king, Clint Gutherson, was 248, so he's way behind Guffo, but you know, fifth in the league in support runs as a forward is awesome. I don't see any value. I have heard on other podcasts people talking him up, but I personally don't see it. Stu... Six, Do you see any value in Jack Dubovic? 641. Uh, look, is he a keeper? I'm not sure he's a keeper. Like when there's guys like Angus Crichton properly rolling about. So if he's not a keeper at 641, like what is he suddenly going to break out and start busting out tries? Like <laughs> I, I'm just, I'm not seeing it, boys. I Especially after the year that went on there. He might make a few more tackles, right? That's about it. I just He's a bust for me. There's just no money there, and he's not a keeper. Mitch, you bothering? Look, he's sort of stuck in this awkward place where he's there's no cash in him. Uh, and as you said, there are just better elite mids out there. You've got Payne Haas, you've got Papa Lee, you've got uh, Crichton. I just... He's unpickable just based on that. He, he did have a down year last year. Uh, I think I believe the year before he was sort of averaging mid fifties, but again, mid fifties in that mid position is not going to win you fantasy comps with keeper players. You need 60, 65 points a game from those boys. So uh, he's a bust. So he has certified bust onto Marty Sapau. He's actually one of mum's favorites. I think uh, 614 K's break evens 49. 2012 on average was 47.9 in 23 games, which is fantastic for him. He's had some injury concerns previously. He's a mid and he's got a 0.96 PPM, guys, which is awesome. What was quite interesting, he was actually better off the bench in slightly less minutes. So he averaged uh, 45.8 in 50 minutes, right? But off the interchange, he averaged 55.6 in 48.4 minutes. So his PPM 
starting was 0.91, but off the bench is 1.15, which is Whoa, just outrageous. Wee. So, you know, more tackles, sorry, slightly less tackles, but more meters gained. More tackle bust was the main one, guys, and more offloads. So he actually had 2.4 offloads off the bench versus 1.1. So there's changes in the offload rules, guys. So you get double points for offloads that are to hand. He's a big man, broad shoulders, long arms. He can get a nice offload off. So if he plays 50 minutes off the interchange, he could average 56.2. So he could actually make you a little bit of money. However, we've got him starting prop. So based upon last year's stats, we're sort of thinking he might average 44 and actually lose you some money. So um, I don't really know what to make of him. Uh, Stu, what have you got him as? Oh, look, I, I had in there a starting prop, but the answer is Paseca could easily start there, right? Uh, so, you know, and you could have Bullimore on the bench. There's a whole bunch of stuff happening in that in that space for him. So he could well, like last year, he was used as a weapon, like really to come in after 25 minutes when people were a little bit more tired and to start really bending back that line getting some great play the balls and he did really well so look he he's there but he's a real risk if you are going to get him just due to the fact that he, he does have those lower point games in him and if you're going to drop 614k round one do you really want to have a risk like for it when's Alloware back uh round four so maybe you might lose some cash and then you can pick him up then Look, when he, it, if he goes back to the bench, Mitch? Yeah, I, I just don't think there's enough cash in there, though. Um, even if he... I, I, I think he's a bust. There are just better options. And he, it's a lot like Jake Trevojevic. There's just not... I don't see enough cash there. I, I think largely he probably will be uh, in the starting squad. And he's not a keeper mid, so I'm putting him as a bust. So we certifying bust him. Yeah, yep. unfortunately, now Marty, we love you, man, and awesome player. Yeah, awesome player. But just just for fantasying this particular point, I think that uh, if he's in your side, it's just it's not going to help your team. Not round one, guys. I, so, I don't sorry, think Mom. round one is a good option. I know, I know <laughs> you love guys, it, but but probably take him out. <laughs> no, nah, she's taking him round one anyway. Um, uh, on to Hamali Alakwatu at 620k, guys. His break even is 50, and in 2021, he averaged 46.9 in 18 games as an edge. His PPM is 0.66, which is okay for an edge. Uh, we like to see a bit more. It's not bad, but it's not great. So he looks to have locked down that right edge spot, getting the full 80 minutes. Very, very, very strong ball runner. Doesn't have much else to this game in my, from what I've seen. Um, I watched quite a few Manly games last year. Not saying there's not room for improvement because he is quite young still. So second row, he averaged 49.1 in 75.9 minutes with 3.4 tackle breaks. That means he could lose, you know, 3.4, which would bring him back down to 45.7. You know, decent work rate at 22 tackles and 113 meters gain. I see him, I don't know why he's, Break even's fifty. I don't know what I'm missing, but uh, I see him losing I, five points. What I I think what you're missing there. His his twenty twenty one average is affected by he started off the year only in round six off the interchange, and he started off with a thirty three fifty one and a twenty four right, and then a couple more games where he's working his way into the season thirty one thirty three eighteen right round fourteen versus the Cowboys he cracked out a sixty nine. And from there, it's like 69, 40, 51, 63, 71. 
Then he had a little quiet patch, 47, 38, 35, 47. And then end of the year, 70, 63, 60. So I think it by that, you can see that A, the Seagulls were starting to trust him more in his season because he mostly got the role, you know, due to injuries in the team. Uh, Jack uh, uh, Gazinski and uh, Andrew Davey, who were likely to be the starting edges, both went down early uh, with different injuries. And so he took this role, and I think he's slowly building into it. I I kind of like him as like one of those attacking, hard ball running edge forwards, kind of. And I, I, it's going to be a big call to say in the Angus Crichton mold, but kind of in the Angus Crichton mold. Wow. Fast, strong, uh, able to attack the line, and getting quality ball from his halves. Like... Imagine if you're getting quality ball fed to you by DCM Forum. How how well are you going to eat? So you bring him in then, Stu? You got him spicy. I have him as a spicy choice for your team. So, look, he's a straight edge player. I wish he was a DPP. But I reckon he's got a little... He could turn into an elite edge. I definitely want to put an eye on him. So he's at least chuck a star. And I would say, I wouldn't hate if he ended up in your starting team. Uh, if you were so inclined, if you were high on him, I wouldn't mind. How about you guys? I, it really would depend if uh, he, or like if he gets a starting role, if Davey comes in over the top, he's a bust. Um, I, I, if, I don't. I don't think Davy Davy will come. No, nah, no chance. Davy yeah, debuted at age twenty-eight, so nah. yeah. He's, yeah, he's he's the man of the future. <sighs> I guess he needs more attacking production. They just it's the PPM that has me spooked on average. But as you said, he had a few strong games, particularly to the end. But I'm pretty sure those games they were they were rolling over teams. So effectively his fortunes are going to be tied to the performance of the Eagles. Uh, so he, had, he, he had eight tries in those 15 games he started second row, which is, yeah. you know, huge strike rate that's for a, an edge. That's a lot of tries for, a, for an edge. But he's getting fed quality ball by a couple of veteran halves. He's six foot five, 112 kilos. He's 6'5"? Six 6'5", five? Six five, 112 kilos. Are you serious? 196 centimetres. Jeez. Anyway, I, look, I'm not, I'm not gonna, you know, you can't moneyball that stuff either. But just from when he he worked, he's his six way to five. The Shh, I have no <laughs> idea. That <laughs> no, look, he's okay. a big, he's a big man. He hits the line hard. He he'll do that sort of that burry over, you know, to do what's uh, to do what you need to do. I, I no wonder re- why he bowled over so many people. I didn't. I actually didn't realize he was that big. I would have said, you know, six one, six two, six five. Oh my goodness! And one hundred and seventeen kilos. That's prop weight. You know, Junior Paulo is one hundred and twenty five, so he's not far off that. Okay, I got spicy, Mitch. What do you got, Mass? Uh, I've got Chuck a star, but I could be convinced of spicy. Yep, sweet he, he, he won't be in my team. Yeah, not to start with anyway. And he won't necessarily be in my team, but I'm just saying that if you had him in your team, he wouldn't necessarily be a bad choice. And I guess no, if nothing he's else, not, an elite he's a nice little point of difference, isn't he, really? He's a nice little point of difference. Okay, 6'5", 117 kilos, playing 80 minutes. Yeah. 
that's what I mean. Like he he must have one of those elite level motors to get him going. Okay, you totally spun my story around. I saw no real value, but he's a spicy boy. Okay, we'll get on to uh, his edge partner from last season, Josh Schuster, 601K with a break-even of 48. His 21 average was 48.8 in 18 games as an edge, so he lost that half DPP, which he had last year, which is quite nice. So his PPM is 0.61, which, you know, as I mentioned before, isn't great. He definitely passes the eye test, guys. He's silky, does those no-look passes, can put turbo away easy. He can also run that inline a little bit. Um, I wouldn't mind to see him play a little bit more angry, but I think the understanding is he really wants to play in the halves. Um, so when he plays second row, he averages 47.5. So it's good base rate, 28 tackles, um, a couple of tackle bars, you know, 90 meters game. But when he played in the halves, guys, he averaged 59. <laughs> you know? Because he has kick meters you know, to it, as well as all the attacking try assists. That's it. He's, he's a... Big boy can, you know, get rid of other other players quite easily if they're backtracking. Good footwork, great passing game. So, um, without the DPP, I think he loses a, a pretty significant amount of value personally. Um, but he's got that upside. If let's, let's just run this scenario through, guys. If Fozzie gets injured, which is somewhat likely because it you know, didn't happen last year, so the odds are it might happen this year, would he go straight into the number six jersey? Yeah, I, I, from what I understand, he's been hired to do that role. It's just that Kieran, they weren't sure how Kieran Foran was going to go, and Kieran Foran's pulled out like he's allowed DC to play his game, and they worked out Josh Schuster's pretty damn good at the second um, second row gig. So I, I believe that 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 is his long term role. Mitch, uh, would you be interested in a bit of Josh Schuster if he found his way into the house again? I would, but uh, it might bring me down on uh, Daily Cherry Evans just because I feel like he'd drink some of that milkshake, unlike uh, what Kieran Foran was doing. I'll be putting a star in him regardless just to coming off that syndesmosis injury because he most likely will be in the second row. He He's likely to start a little bit slow and probably drop some value. If he went into the halves when Foran went down shortly after that, he, he'd probably find his way into my team, to be honest, particularly that 59 average. My gosh, that's... There's 10 points in value right there. Yeah. Whereas, guys, we'll keep an eye on Josh Schuster. Chuck a star, Stu. 100% Chuck a star on for me. And I would say is that last year, and I had him from round two when he started, is that he looked a little undercooked at times. Like he was carrying a little, you know, I can't say too much, but like a little bit of weight. He was also, uh, he was a good one for getting sinbin. He got sinbin two or three times during the regular season. Um, yeah. Late in the games, trying to slow it down professional fouls basically so he's not a he's he's not playing cranky but he was just playing a bit cheeky as well so I think I'll take a little bit of that out of his game show him how to get away with that sort of stuff and um, take a wear a little bit of the cockiness out of him and he'll come back a bit fitter too especially once he's uh, uh, retrained after that syndesmosis injury and he's had a couple of weeks worth of games in his legs is it me, or did he sit out some games due to fat shaming? Is, is that in the back of my head? Uh, he, he was busted for part of the year. He did miss most of the origin period. I held on to him. It, it hurt a little bit, but I did. Um, and he came good at the end of the year because he, he had a... I think it was syndesmosis again, middle of last year. Josh Schuster. 
Uh, yeah, look, uh, he he definitely had a he definitely had an injury sort of rounds about rounds thirteen to rounds eighteen or so, which was a bit of a tough run because I wanted him to play that entire time. Yeah, I think um, let's hope he he comes back in, in decent shape um, and he, he doesn't stack it on whilst he's in the moon boot, huh? So what are we chucking a star on him? Hundred percent. Sweet as boys. Okay, on to Sean Kepi. Uh, 402k, break even at 32. He averaged 30.9 in 2021 in 17 games. Guys, he's got the DPP middle edge and a 0.66 PPM, which is disappointing. So he played four different positions. He played off the bench, second row, prop, and lock. So just to run it through quickly, he his PPM is best at prop at 0.76. Second best is interchange, 0.75. These are likely going to be his uh, position. So let's just assume his PPM is going to be about 0.75. Therefore, he'll need about 43 minutes in total just to break even, um, which I'd, I think is actually quite possible when you look at Paseca, who's not necessarily a long-minute sort of player yet. Um, Sean Kepi also started towards the back in the last year, but when Josh Alloway comes back, I think, to take Mick, uh, Mitch's metaphor, he'll be you know drinking... Too much of the milkshake, I think, Joshua Alloway, and not in the good kind of way. So, um, unfortunately, I mean, he's a really nice guy. And he, he's actually huge, as I said before. Huge. Like this Manly team now, I'm thinking about it. They're just monsters. No wonder why they just rolled everyone last season. So, I don't really know, guys. Sean Kepi is even worth any more thoughts or just dispatch? I just don't see that there's enough minutes for him. I think that at, a diff- at another team... I think he'd probably be a 600k player, but he's not. So for me, he's a bust. Mitch, you yep. got him as a bust? Yep, dispatch. Dispatched. Okay, Stu, you've got a little write-up on Dylan Walker? Oh, yeah. Oh, look, I, um, I'm i the guy who writes all the promos around here. So I had Dylan Walker up and Nick didn't have anything written up for him. So I had to go and do it just slightly uh, during our pre-meeting interview. Where Good we one, Nick. Through it all. Yeah, that's it. He didn't even. He's not even looking at our promos. Apparently, <laughs> look, it's still Walker, all right? You know, I'm surprised he's still in the league. If I'm honest, but anyway, <laughs> I'm putting on my list of slander now. Don't worry. <laughs> I was going to say, but 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 why why are you surprised, Nick? What has Dylan Walker done? Look, I I don't. I actually don't think he added much to the Eagles last year. Personally, I think he's a really 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 poor man's. Connor Watson, I think he's a centre, guys, or a five-eight. I don't think he's uh, adds much off the bench, personally. Yeah. Well, look, I, I guess I have Dylan Walker on there because I, like, and I and a few people around the traps sort of saw a little bit from him, especially what I call near the uh, end of last year. So, where he kind of got moved to that role beginning middle of the season when uh, Verlandi's ball started to take hold, people realised that. Uh, having a 14 off the bench who can play in the middle might be a benefit. Uh, so, look, he grew into that across the season. And why I've got him here is because he's at 423K. He is a DPP uh, middle uh, middle half. So, but break even a 34. But the last four games last year, he was averaging 48 and a half. So that is 14 points from where he currently is. And obviously his average was down because he copped that awful hamstring injury the week before Turbo came back, if you remember. 
He yeah right. Oh, I do remember that actually. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it was pretty gnarly. And so missed a few yeah. weeks, and then he played a few weeks off the bench here, there, and everywhere. They Des knew that he wanted him in the team, but couldn't work out how to put him in. So that's why I think his average is down. And so look, fourteen points is there. I don't think they were on a great run, but I think you possibly got that ten points, which you really want there in his average if he can stick that spot down and I think that he will so that's why I've got Dylan Walker there because he could be a sneaky one for you and for a number of players out there to either fix that middle hole for that very last spot or even better the guy to just have on your bench as a DPP cover so have you got him in the realm of Kurt Mann Ruben Cotter Tyrone Peachy we were discussing before look I'd have him potentially below like he's below all those guys as far as like upper limit goes but he's also between 50 and 100k less than those guys so if he had team composition it just may be that Dylan Walker fits whereas Tyrone Peachy doesn't so just 423k is he's not competing with those guys in, in terms of price yeah last year he started at 300k which is quite you know Oh, sorry. No, it wasn't that. He started at um, 400. Yeah, around 300K or so. So, okay. Interesting. Uh, 423, though. Is Has he got any fat in him? Well, look, uh, from the points there, if you can replicate those last four games, there's possibly 14 points. Which yeah, puts pretty juicy, isn't yeah, it? That takes him up to uh, close to the 600K mark, right? 550, 600K. That's cash cow. So, however... I'd be looking for those trials, just making sure that Dylan Walker's got that spot locked down and that they're not doing it, you know, that Des hasn't got any harebrained schemes and now he's suddenly playing, you know, he's invented the number 15 position on the field or something. Yeah, if Carter doesn't work out, then maybe he's worth a look, guys. Hmm. Mitch? Yeah, I was going to say bust, but Stu sort of changed my opinion on it. So I think I'd probably put him in the spicy category. I really can't add anything to that it, it, pretty well everything Stu said would have shot down what I was going to say so I'm happy to point, roll with the spicy 0.91 ppm off the interchange last year that's awesome yeah oh look he, he certainly had a great run uh, as far as it went and as I said it was I think that most people would have just had him in the irrelevant category like he's been for the past couple of seasons but he just really hit that patch of form and the fact is, is that he will also play half at one point. So he played round 17. Uh, Cherry Evans was out. He played half. He cracked out a 65 versus the Raiders. So, look, if he goes to another position, as long as it's not fullback, ladies and gentlemen, <laughs> which he was bloody awful at, he, he, he's, he should do all right. Yeah. Okay, I've got him as a super spicy then. Super spicy. That that PPN. That's 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 tasty. Oh look, I'm I'm seriously working out how to fit him and Heatherington into my team, and then working out why I'm going to come fifty thousandths this year. So, <laughs> <laughs> by the way, guys, uh, join our league. It's up there. You know, I'm slowly talking myself into the possibly the worst starting team I've ever seen. Anyway, let's keep keep it going. <laughs> Hey guys, Carl Lawton, uh, who we're suspecting will start on the left edge. Uh, 400k, he's break him in 32 and 21 average. He, uh, in 2021, he averaged 31.5 in 13 games. He's valuable as a hooker edge uh, DPP, and he's got a 0.71 uh, PPM, which is nice. 
So when he played second row in 2021, he averaged 48.7 in 68 minutes. Granted, he had two tries, but he has a nice work rate, 32 tackles, 85 metres gain, 2.3 tackle bust, which is really nice. That stacks up. So the rest of his career in the second row, he averaged 49.1 in 72 minutes. So if he gets a starting job, I think he's a must-have, and you just uh, switch him out when Schuster comes back around six. I got him as a boom. Uh, Mitch? Yep, I feel the same way. He'll be in there, and then I'm going to sub him out quickly for someone else on the rise and hopefully make 150, 200K cash and get out of there. Gee, how long will it take him to make the money that we need? How many rounds will it take about? Look, if probably those six rounds, like all of them, and this is the issue here, is that if he has a crap game in there, when I talked about the three-game average, just say he pulls off a 25 or 30, something like that, which holds him back, it will have to be, like, lucky in there. But if he just... Like, when he did start in second row last year, guys, he got a 67, 62, 39, 57, 41, right? So he, he and then he got injured versus the Dragons, so he got a 26 in there. And then for the rest of the year, the reason why he's priced so nicely is because off the bench, he got a 6, 13, 18, 11, and a 15. So, guys, on a bench, if he goes anywhere near a bench, if he looks like he's sitting down, right? Even during halftime, do not get him. But <laughs> uh, if he's starting in that side, if run, he's... <laughs> pretty much. <laughs> but if he's in that starting side, hundred percent, Carl Lawton, boom for me. Which is really oh, my first boom of the night, boys. Boom, baby. Well, we didn't get any last week, guys. I'm writing this and I'm having to talk about the boom being how good Parramatta Stadium is. Like that's that's where my life is at. <laughs> Oh, righto, guys. On to uh, Andrew Davey, 240K, uh, break even of 19, 22 on average of 21 in two games, in, and he's an edge with a 1.08 PPM. So he did his ACL round two to the dismay of fantasy managers. Uh, it's also just sad for him because he's, he seems like a really good guy. Um, so he played two games. He averaged 52.5 in those two games, uh, 29.5 tackles, three tackle busts, and 90 metres gained. So if he gets a spot, he's the must-buy. If Carl, for some reason Carl Orton, they like him on the bench for Hooker and you know filling in, that'd be nice. But, I mean, that wouldn't be nice. Uh, but it would be nice for Andrew Davey because he's uh, 160K cheaper and he could sort of hit those you know mid to high 40s based upon his work rate as well. So they have very similar stats in terms of their work rate on the edge. So whoever's... Uh, obviously, Davey's a boom if he gets a start, and Carl Lawton's a boom if he gets a start, as far as I'm concerned. Uh, Stu, what are your thoughts on Andrew? Look, 100% I agree with you there. Uh, we'd also got to take into account that, you know, Mitch's uh, discussion about his match fitness, but um, I guess at 240k, you can take a gamble. The only thing I would say is that round one, apparently, uh, the round one and possibly round two. Uh, the hooker, Lachlan Croker, might be injured or, like, you know, recovering from injury, in which case you may see them both. You may see Lawson at hooker and then Davey on an edge, in which case you might see Davey drop out after a couple of rounds or possibly back to the bench. And as we saw from Lawson's time on that bench, that's really like a 13, 14, 15-point bench position at best. It's really injury cover. So... I guess, guys, uh, just be have that little warning bell in the back of your head 
that you got to save up a trade for Davey if you put him in there because Josh Schuster will come back and that bench spot is a death. <laughs> yeah, that that's uh, that's a Grim Reaper uh, bench spot. Mitch, where have you got him? He's a boom if he starts. Uh, I was actually sitting here thinking, uh, gee, maybe at 240, he could still make enough cash off the bench, but there are a lot of minutes on the rest of this team as far as how much time everyone else spends on the field. Like, he just might not get on the field enough, even at 1.08 PPM to generate cash. Like, he'd have to be getting at least 30, 30 to 35 points a game to be remotely worth it, so... Well, well, I'll just pull up Carl Lawton again, right? So he was getting 21 minutes, 4 minutes, 27, 23, and 24 minutes when Jesus. coming off the bench, and 22. And he's, I'll be honest with you, he's a better player than Andrew Davey. So I can't see Davey getting more, which means, yeah, I, I'd struggle. Like, I guess if you have to choose someone, it's better than choosing someone who doesn't start. That's the only thing I could say. But then you'd probably be looking to revise your current team composition if you're getting that desperate. Oh, 100%. <laughs> but, like, you know. like, there are other problems at play. Rethink your life. <laughs> <laughs> oh, mate. Okay, so... Uh, so, look, I think... I think we've all kind of got Andrew Davey because it's whether he is or whether he isn't. So we pretty much chuck a star. We want to see. Yeah? Yeah. 100%. Okay. So, look, we're at the end here. So let's review the Seagulls. So we've got Carl Lawton as a boom. And, again, it's, we're predicting that he will start in that second row position. Spicy choice, I have Hamali uh, Olakoatu and Dylan Walker as the ultra-spicy ghost pepper style for some of you out there. Chuck a star uh, for later on the season. I've got Tom Tommy Turbo. I've got Daly Cherry Evans. And I've got Josh Schuster after his return from injury. And I guess for Teamless Tuesday, we have Andrew Davey. And Bust, Kieran Forum, Ruben Garrick, Morgan Harver, Lachlan Croker, Jake Travojevic, Martin Tapao, and Sean Kepi. So, guys... Ladder positions. Uh, Nick, let's go with you first because you haven't written yours on the sheet, mate, so I don't know what you're going to say. Where have you uh, got Seagulls Third, boys. Got them third. <laughs> strong, strong run home. Um, I see them just behind the Roosters and Storm number three. Thanks. We Third, Mitch wrote something dumb yeah, as your prediction there. <laughs> and, mate, I, I must say, we're all pretty close in this one. We've, we've had a few outliers this season, but possibly not. Mitch, what have you got? Uh, I got him as fifth just because I had to put the Milk Boys into the top four, which is probably my dumb pick of the year. Uh, the Seagulls are an unchanged team. I do think that largely they're going to figure out how to sort out Tom Travojevic. There's only so much sorting out you can do, I think, when he's on his days virtually unstoppable. I think teams will be better at nullifying him. And as a result of that, he'd be the... The, the Eagles would be the bottom of the top four, but because of the Milk Boys have to go into the top four, I had to put him at five. At five. And look, I've... I've got the Raiders at five, so I've got uh, the Seagulls at four as they were this year. I just think it won't be four coming from the clouds. It will be like a pretty solid fourth position there because I've got the Rabbitohs falling out. Oh, I've given that away. So, guys, uh, let's have a look at the Rabbitohs. <laughs> so, guys, by the way, for everyone at home, apologies. That was the short one. So, let's get into the Rabbitohs. I'm just going <laughs> to crack through this. I'm going to crack through this. Okay, so they've got some team additions. They've got 
Isaiah Tass from the Broncos, who seemed to be letting everyone go, and due to the fact that seems to be letting good players go, he's probably pretty good. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Reese Walsh, anyone? David Fafita? Uh, look, they got Michael Cheekham uh, from the West Tigers, and they got uh, uh, Savili Havili uh, from the Raiders. So, look, those are some okay pickups, but look, losses, guys, this is big. Uh, so first of all, Wayne Bennett as coach. So took him to a grand finals, kept him basically top four for his tenure there. So that's big. And it's big because they got a team full of people who probably needed Wayne Bennett to keep them on track. Latrell. Anyway. Oh. Uh, they've also got, they've lost uh, Adam Reynolds to the Broncos. They lost Braden Burns to the Bulldogs. Jaden Sewer to the Dragons. Benji Marshall to retirement and making insane comments about how his, his uh, West Tigers half mate, Luke Brooks, is going to win halfback of the year, probably. I, I, I don't mind it when people back players, but don't put them in positions where they're going to fail, right? Like, that, that's like dad telling me I'm going to shoot 10 under this weekend on Saturday at golf. Like, it's just not going to happen. Don't do it. <laughs> Far out. Yeah. So, so they also lost Dane Gagai to the Knights. Uh, they lost uh, Patrick Mago to Wigan, Joshua Cook, who was the backup hooker to the Bulldogs. They released Brock Gardner, Troy Dagan, and Steve Masters, and then lost uh, Tawatawa Murga to the Dragons as well, who seem to have bought everyone this year. Guys, thoughts on those pickups and losses? Uh, I mean, probably the biggest losses of anyone in the competition right here. Wayne Bennett, Adam Reynolds, Dane Gagai, there's so much experience and class there. I, I know that Cody Walker would step up when Adam wasn't playing, but I, I just feel like Adam allowed Cody to be Cody, to run the ball, to stay on the edges, to really do damage out there. I also felt like Wayne was a great influence over uh, Cody and Latrell in particular. I don't think any coach in the league is going to be able to get as much out of the particular playing group the Rabbitohs have other than Wayne Bennett. They're going to be a different team this year. That's that's what I would think. Yeah, no, it's it's, it's definitely definitely interesting. I, I'd almost put Ivan Cleary in that uh, Wayne Bennett style one, like man management as much as uh, coaching management. But yeah, anyway. Uh, Nick, any any thoughts from your side, mate? Uh, I think they're good losses, to be honest. I think Adam Reynolds, he's on, he's right on the back end there, and he's you know due to be injured. Whether I think he did his grind towards the back end of the year, and he's had hammy issues, I think previously, and back or slash neck, neck. issues too. Yeah. So I I think that's a good loss personally. Jaden Sewer, I know he's an Origin player, but whatever. Um, he, he's a good player. He's a good player, he's a good player but he's, he's off to the Dragons, mate. Yeah, I'm not. I'm not really that's why he's upset. Jayden. Oh, no, I'm not. I'm just not really excited by Jane Sewer. Fair enough. Dane Gaga, he's getting on too. So, look, I think when you put it in context, I think they kept the right guys. I don't think they let go of the wrong guys necessarily, um, particularly in the next two to three years. So, you know, hard choices, but I think the right choices at the end of the day. I think, I actually think that's a fantastic point, and I don't disagree with you. Probably more my point is is that the team got old and they had to let them go and it's a rebuild year. Maybe a rebuild two or three years. Mm. Uh, yeah, it's protecting the future, but in protecting the future, it'll hurt this year, certainly. Yep. Because I think, I think most of those guys had one year left in them and Jaden Sewer probably a couple. One thing I did here, um, I think on 
the Talking League podcast, guys, was that uh, Jason Demetrio, who's coming in as head coach, he actually did most of the game planning and scheming. Mm-hmm. Um, and Wayne Bennett just did the man managing. So, you know, yeah. we'll sort of... It should be quite a simple transition for them, although, you know, we'll see how good uh, Ben Hornby is as an assistant coach this year is he's probably going to have to do more of the game planning and stuff like that while Jason Demetrio is perhaps doing more man management like Wayne Bennett was. And it, I think that's my worry is that, like, uh, there's a couple of guys in there um, who, like Latrell, who needed much more man management than they possibly needed coaching. Like, they were just... He and Cody, they're excellent football players, right? They turn up in the right places. They've got their head switched on for the game. But they just they needed some things to make sure that they got the best out of them. And he did this at the Knights. He did this at the Dragons. Wayne Bennett is very good at extracting the best out of those people. So, uh, but look, you're right. As far as it's not a whole revolution, they haven't fired everyone. So that's always a good start, uh, place to start, isn't it? Yeah, absolutely, man. Yeah, 100%. Look, Mitch, injuries, take us away. Okay, so injuries for the Rabbitohs. First off, let's go the most important one. So we've got Cameron Murray, uh, recurrent shoulders issue, recurrent shoulder issues that basically required Aladage, exactly the same as Nathan Cleary. Uh, not exactly the same as Nathan Cleary as the time it was done. So it was done early December. Now, the Aladage is a four to six month injury rehabilitation. So it will be a tight effort to make round one. Um, I wouldn't be surprised if it's more like two or three. Um, And if it's not, he may have a drop in performance or role early on. As we've said before, it's a low re-injury rate at three to 5%. from fantasy point of view, probably the biggest thing, as I said, to look out for is the fact that it's going to be really close whether he's he's ready to go. And because of that, he's not going to be the size or fitness that he probably would like to be at round one, even if he does play. Mm. So perhaps the big thing is we might see that little bit of drop in cash and a potentially early pickup because we do know that Ooh. he's a fantasy stud yeah it's going to be really close like personally i i'd be waiting for someone of his caliber particularly given that it's such a successful surgery i would you know do your time and come back strong but that's a really interesting one to watch the other one is isaiah tass now it listed a back injury with a minor surgery uh and didn't explicitly say what it was my sense is it's probably a microdisectomy so more than likely he was having a bit of leg or back pain that required trimming of the disc um, it's typically a six to 12 week recovery and often consists of about six weeks of lifting no more than two kilos. He might have some mild deconditioning coming into the season as far as his size and strength goes. The surgical outcomes are typically good, very low rate of re-injury. If you're going to have issues with this particular surgery, it's usually sort of arthritic changes 20, 30, 40 years down the track. Speed and running should be relatively good. As I said, for fantasy, low risk of injury, so I wouldn't be worrying about there. Uh, and as I said, the big issue is the lifting constraints. So again, we might see him start a fraction slow into the season as he sizes up as the year goes on. But from an injury point of view, he should be pretty good to go. Uh, that's uh, that's good to go. Nick, any thoughts from that one? Um, we'll get on to Cameron Murray later, but a um, bit bit worried about his conditioning i guess but you know 
So Tass is meant to be a good up and comer. So yeah, we'll see how they uh, look in the trials potentially if they if they can make it. Hundred percent. All right. Well, Nick, now that we're with you, strength of schedule for the bunnies. Seventh easiest schedule in the league for the bunnies, guys, with the bye the round thirteen, which makes it a bit awkward because they're the fourth best run into round thirteen pre-origin. Now get ready for this rip of a run from round five all the way to round twelve when they have the bye in round 13. So they have the Dragons round five, the Bulldogs round six, the Tigers round seven. They've got a doozy one with the Seagulls round eight, but they don't really defend. So they run into the Broncos after that round nine, Warriors round 10, Raiders round 11, and then the Tigers again in round 12. So they see the Tigers, you know, sort of twice in that five, six week period. But guys, it gets worse after the bye. They have the third hardest run round 18 to round 25. The last three, Panthers round 23 who play hard to the end <laughs> Cowboys round 20 Cowboys round 24 but then the Roosters round 25 so I suspect that the Roosters towards the top of the league will be pushing for that minor premiership pretty or even top two positioning from a final standing point of view so they get the home field advantage in the final so I suspect that those two teams in particular will be pushing hard in terms of the teams they have twice, they've got the Panthers, Storm, Roosters twice, so three of the big five in my opinion. Eels, Dragons, Tigers, Bulldogs, Broncos. So they do fall pretty easy beats depending upon how you feel about the Bulldogs and Broncos. But as I said, they've got the Dragons and Tigers twice, so they're two absolute easy beats. So um, it's quite it's quite difficult from the perspective, guys, that you've got the uh, easy run to round 13, but you've got the bye then. So for an overall player... It makes it a bit awkward to pick up um, one of their players because they don't play all the way through Origin. Um, but then they have a tough run after their bye as well. So, you know, maybe some forwards the way to go. Um, I'm not too sure, Stu. Look, what that screams to me is uh, get in your cash cows early for these guys. So that easy run means is that the... You know, just say a couple of the younger fellows get a chance on the edge, like your centres, your... Uh, halves and all the rest they'll earn some coin early or at least have their best opportunity to so get on you know the roosters guys uh early in the season and just be prepared so, sorry <laughs> get in the rabbitos early in the season <laughs> and then be prepared to cut bait like as soon as it's uh as soon as they run into uh a really tough schedule but the round uh, round thirteen buy doesn't help either. So, but just you know, if you're buying cash cows, hopefully you want to cash out around that time, if not before, anyway. Mitch, any other thoughts? I think Stu hit the nail on the head there. I feel exactly the same way about all that. Sweet so ass, Stu, into your predicted sides in your top thirty. Yep. Okay. So look, uh, because Latrell is suspended for the first uh, first couple of games this season. We have Blake Taff uh, at fullback on the wings. I have Alex Johnston, who's got that spot locked down. And I've got Josh Mansour making a return from injury on the wing. Uh, At centres, I've got Jackson Paulo due to the news that's coming out of camp that's sort of been on the socials. And Campbell Graham. Uh, At half, I've got Cody Walker and uh, Lachlan Ilias. So who's the uh, who's the rookie half there? At props, I have Mark Nichols and uh, Tavita Totola. And then on the edges, I have 
who have I got there? I've got Keon Kolomatangi and Jai Arrow. Uh, I have Damien Cook at hooker, and I've got Cam Murray uh, at lock. Though obviously, depending on that injury, from what Mitch just said, he he may be a week or two. I've got uh, the, one of the new recruits, Savili uh, Havili, uh, coming in from the Raiders at 14, filling in that uh, kind of utility role. And the rest of the bench, I have Jacob Host, Tom Burgess, and Hamlin Seeley. Uh, other guys to think about for that team is, I'm just having a look through the rest of the team. Look, Michael Cheekam, I think he's just been bought as depth cover from the Tigers like he wasn't really cracking that Tigers 17 so I'm not sure how he's cracking this team 17 uh, look they did provisionally sign Anthony Milford earlier in the year but I believe that that's been nixed due to some outstanding legal troubles and I've actually been hearing a little bit more that Milford may even be being looked at by the Knights so Ooh. sorry what was that no, I'm just saying that's spicy. That's yeah. interesting. That's, yeah, because as we know, they got clue in there. So, you know, Milford might actually be an upgrade there. Obviously, we've got Latrell Mitchell, who is suspended. And look, I've got uh, Davey Moale and Isaiah Tass as well, which a few people have been quite high on, though I'm not quite certain that they're actually going to start this year. So yeah, we'll wait and see on those guys. 100%. So, look, we'll have about, do we want to knock those two guys off first? Nick, like uh, yeah, sure, mate. Okay, well, look, I'll, I'll just have a quick, real quick run at those. So, look, we got David Mowali, who's only had two games, uh, you know, for thirty and a half minutes. He's priced at two twenty k because he didn't really stand out any of those games. And guys, they've got a pretty solid rotating forward pack here. So, I'm I'm not even sure he makes the twenty one guys, let alone the seventeen. So he probably needs another year of Reggie's, like uh, New, New, New South Wales Cup to get going so I would be wait and see on him same for Isaiah Tass as well he um, I know a few players have uh, been uh, you know a few fantasy players have been trying to get on him as a way to save cash in your team but from what I'm hearing guys Jackson Puller has that spot down so I would not be counting on saving money and putting him in your uh, 21 anywhere so Nick how about you take us through the rest of the team Yes, sweet as, guys. We'll get stuck into Latrell Mitchell first at 671K, break even of 54. He averaged 55.2 in 2021 in 17 games. He's a wing fullback and he's suspended until round three, unfortunately. I think he's going to kick goals this year because who else would kick goals? Uh, Cody Walker kicked uh, 10 goals in his entire NRL career. So trying to work out what this means for Latrell. Long story short, I think he's going to get a 7.4 average bump. If he gets a goal kicking, uh, he was seventh in the league in tackle bust at five and a half per game. So that means he's going to lose that average. Uh, he had ridiculous attacking stats, but not turbo levels. So in 17 games, he still had 13 tries, 14 try assists, 18 line breaks and 23 line break assists. I actually could see him doing some general play kicking this year, guys. He's got a, a left boot. Cody Walker doesn't love to kick and they've got the rookie halfback, uh, Lachlan, is it Ilias? Ilias. Um, so, you know, Latrell Mitchell, I wouldn't be surprised if he put in a couple of clearing kicks, to be honest. Um, he's a risk from a suspension point of view, guys. He's the history of, you know, being up and down. So I think he's quite a moody sort of player. Who knows if his head's switched on. 
Um, he can drop down to about 550k, honestly. So starting at 671, I wouldn't be surprised at some point uh, drop of form. I think he's going to average. So based upon his goal kicking the tuck bus nerf, he could average around 57. So it could be worth a uh, 40k or so in a bit of uh, if you know he meets sort of my projection. But you know, I'm sort of hoping you know he'll come in, be a bit overweight, drop some cash, and then sort of buy him sub 600k. Mitch, I know you've got some strong feelings about Latrell. Uh, what are your thoughts, mate? He has sunk my head-to-head team two seasons straight. First year <laughs> was not his fault. That was the terrible grade three uh, hamstring injury that happened. Oh, that was nasty. That was, <laughs> gee whiz, that was bad. The fact he came back and was as good as he was last year, like credit to him, that was that was good. Uh, the second time though, you know, I held on to him because I, I look at these stats. Luttrell is an awesome player. He's upside. He's as good, probably not as you said, turbo good, but he's as good as any other fullback in the NRL on his day, but he certainly has some highs and lows. And I, I stuck with him for the first uh, suspension, I think it was three weeks. And then he pulls off that ludicrous uh, Joe Manu hit and was suspended for the rest of the year. I just didn't have enough trades to get out of it. And uh, I think he dropped a considerable amount of cash. And that's effectively where I stand. Even if he does drop cash this year, I think he's too up and down. He's too much a suspension risk. Um, You've been burnt. I've been burnt way too hard. <laughs> uh, I, I have to say he's a bust, but he, he's an awesome player. I, I wish he'd clean his act up because it's not good for the game. It's not at all good for my fantasy team. Um, so, yeah, I, I, I think he's a bust. I just don't think you can roll the dice. And, again, we'll be talking about this in a couple of weeks. Uh, when we talk about team composition and how we build teams. But I actually typically stick to the rule that you don't pick players that get injured or draw suspensions. And I, I took the risk on Latrell two seasons in a row, and that's exactly why I have that damn rule. You don't take risks on people who get injured or get suspended. You'll get burned. He sounds like an ex-boyfriend. You know, you, you'll you know kiss and make up and get back together, and then he'll burn you again, and then you kiss and make up. <laughs> it was a very abusive relationship. There were highs, there were lows. There was a 100-point game where I think I dusted you, and there were good times, and then there were bad times. So, you know. <laughs> That's true. Uh, look, I, I very much, I, I will join Nick on the Chaka Star basis uh, due to the fact that I think that Latrell with goal kicking, I think that will stabilize his base a little bit for points because it gives you, and especially if he does have a really great left foot on him, he would probably rival uh, Burton for the biggest left foot in the game. So, and he just, he's got that sort of power, but he is, he is a bit of a lock for origin as well. So... Mm. I would uh, I would say chuck a star on him if he gets really cheap, pick him up. But otherwise, just wait until that origin period's over because he is the sort of guy who can still rack up a pretty decent score against good teams because he's he's quality by himself. So we'll we'll let the people know when he's a good price to pick up. Hey guys, we'll chuck a star onto Cody Walker, guys. Uh, 631k break even of 51. And he averaged 51.1 in 2021 in 22 games. He's a half. So in 2021, he had 125 kick meters. Adam Reynolds took 325, and he played when he played the full 80 minutes. So I could sort of see him pinching another 60 to 90 kick meters per game with the rookie half Ilias, and that would be worth two to three points to him, um, as far as I can see. Uh, he was the 
League leader in tries this last year, guys, with 33. He had 12 tries himself, 10 line breaks, and 43 line breakers, this guy's 43. So he's a league wow. leader in that too. So his averages, that's uh, 0.5 tries, 1.6 tries, 0.5 line breaks, and 2.1 line break assists. Um, this was much higher than his uh, 2020 averages, uh, to put that in context. So let's just say um, if he averages between 2020 and 2021, um, he could lose sort of four and a half per game. So I'm just assuming his attacking stats will go down because he will have to take a more of a general playmaking sort of role. He will have to be himself, but I think he will just have to shoulder a bit more responsibility in terms of just steering the guys around the park rather than just taking the line on like he was and just going for every single opportunity that he saw. So I actually see him losing so two points per game um, and projecting around 49. Uh, Stu, any thoughts on Cody? Mate, look, I would see is that, look, someone's got to find those kick meters in there. Uh, give you a stat, right? Uh, out of all the kicks that the Rabbitohs did last year, Adam Reynolds kicked for, if these are correct, eight kilometers, 8,028 meters from two wow. hundred versus Cody Walker, 2,727, right? Obviously, he kicks a lot smaller, grubber kicks, you know, kicks for repeat sets, things like that, right? Mm. With only Benji, uh, who kicked um, basically the, in that same sort of role, he kicked for 1,460 meters, so, look, I would say is that with the kick nerf as well, that means a bit less. But, like, that would be the increased role they'd be taking on as kick meters. Kick meters have been nerfed. I would say this that I can't see where more points are coming from. I can't see Cody Walker becoming a 700k player. And if he's not nah. a 700k player, he's not a keeper. And so, for me, he's a bust. Mitch? I think he has to be a bust. I think... Where the cash is is likely his halves partner in Elias. So, you know, if anything, I, I see his production going down just based on uh, a reduced output from the Rabbitohs this season. I don't think they'll be quite as big a juggernaut down that left side as they were previously. So, you know, there's no cash there. So he's a bust. There's guys certified bust on Cody Walker, unfortunately. Uh, on to Alex Johnston, guys. 519k with a break even of 42. 22 on average of 41.2. In 19 games as a wing fullback, he was the NRL's top try scorer with 27 last year. So it's 1.4 tries per game. He was second in the NRL in line breaks, 35 at 1.8 per game. Now, he's on that left edge, guys, with no Dane Gagai, and Walker's form may not continue. So he had 2.5 tackle busts per game, which isn't extreme in my opinion. But he had a really slow round one to round 12 last year where he averaged 29.8. Now, they were versing the Storm, Seagulls, Roosters, Bulldogs, Broncos, Tigers, Titans, Raiders, Storm, Sharks, Panthers. So I'm not sure if you heard, but there were some really hard teams there a couple of times. And then he hit this absolute purple patch of form from round 12 onwards, guys. 56.8. Absolutely ludicrous. Now... He versed the Eels, Knights, Broncos, Tigers, Cowboys, Bulldogs, Panthers, yeah, and Roosters, mainly bad teams. Um, as a result, I'm sort of thinking he'll regress back to his, you know, round 1 to 12 sort of form of 29.8 personally, or even, you know, low to mid 30s. I don't see him going on another absolute rampage of 56.8 again. So 
I've sort of gone with him as a bust, to be honest, guys. He's just sort of priced on that back end where he absolutely tore up the league. Uh, Mitch? If you pick this guy, you're a fantasy nugget. Um, there, are, <laughs> there are two things you need to look at here. The first one is that the Rabbitohs aren't going to be as productive down that left side with no Gagai, as you said. They're not going to be as productive in attack, period. And the final thing is the schedule. There are too many good teams that they're up against at different different stages. I think you could see a 12 to 13 point drop on average in performance. The early rounds of the season about making cash, guys, if you pick him, uh, you're going to get burned worse than I did with Latrell. It's true. Are you bothering? <laughs> He's a bust, man. Uh, there, there's, just, there's no points there. There's just, like, if we, I, I, you know, getting the general impression here that everyone thinks their abbots would be a little bit less than they were this year, last year. And if they're sort of not scoring as many points, like, how does he score more points personally? Right? Unless he suddenly turns into turbo. So, yeah, bust yeah, okay. Not likely. No, no. Okay, bust city. Okay, on to Campbell Graham, guys. Absolute beast center. 503K with a break even of 40. In 2021, he averaged 40.1 in 18 games. He's just a center, so he doesn't have that DPP. He's in a decent 2021. Um, eight tries, nine line break assists, four try assists, and three line break assists. So, not many attacking stats there, really. Uh, where he sort of makes his coin is 17.2 tackles, 2.6 tackle busts, and 112 metres gain. So he's rock solid defensively, guys, and he gets a couple of tackle busts in there. When you take away the tackle busts, though, you know, he's sort of going to go back into high 30s. I think you kind of, if you pick him up, you're sort of betting that they'll have to go right a little bit more and potentially look to Campbell Graham becoming more of a developed sort of player in attacking wise. But um, we're not as high on the Rabbitohs as we were last year from an attacking point of view. So in that sense, I don't particularly see any upside. I'm not saying he's a bust. Um, is there any chance that they got him in the bust column, bro? Is there any chance that they move him to the left? Not that I think he's a, a spicy or anything like that, but do you think they'd consider moving him to the left to fill the void I, for Dane Gagai and just The reason why the right? he's on the right is because he was looking after Adam Reynolds. So and if you, you have Lachlan Ilias there, if you have Lachlan Ilias there, I'd... Him. Yeah, that, that's sort of what I'm thinking. Stu? Yeah, look, he's a straight-out buzz for me. The answer is you can save 153k and get Steve Crichton, right? Or Penasini, right? It's the exact same cost. Or if Sawali starts playing, right? Or Billy Smith for Billy Smith. 203k less, right? The only reason we're taking Campbell Green is if you accidentally chose your super coach team. Same with <laughs> same with Alex Johnson above. Look, if you're playing super coach, you know, go listen to super coach podcast, I guess, first. But like I'm assuming they do all right because it's all attacking stats. But yeah, for NRL fantasy, it's just not there, guys. Avoid. We all respect uh, Andrew Johns and Freddie Fittler's opinion and they really, really, really are high on Campbell Graham. So... Do you don't see any sort of upside of him just sort of maturing in the NRL? Yeah, but he's like, he's already at 500K. If he was at 300K, I'd be all over Campbell Graham for sure. But because you're right, he does have that big rap on him. But he's just, he's really at that almost keeper level. Like he's, how much is Lomax? Lomax, he's more expensive than Lomax. Yeah, Lomax is 499, right? And kicking goals. Right, I just I'm not seeing it. He's he's six foot six, just to put that in perspective. So he's a giant. 
he he does he does bust over like the few times I've seen him get the ball, he has really quite found the line. Like I'm pretty sure he found it versus the Panthers in that preliminary final where they, he they did, he did. Crash so, ball. He, he did it well too. Uh, they went right, and I guess the Panthers weren't expecting the ball to go that direction at all. So, <laughs> but look, I I just don't see. It. There's no. I don't see any points. Gamble Graham bust for me, Mitch. I think he has to be a bust. I was just more intrigued if they'd consider moving to the left just to just to really overload on one side like they did uh, last year. It worked so well for them. I think Latrell's virtually unstoppable out there, and if you have someone point. who can who can win one on one. That'd work, but that, that's it would come down to how. Work. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, guys, we've got we've got him as a bust then. Sorry, Mitch. Yep. Absolutely, no, no, no. I was just saying it's why it was so good. Is every one of those players from Walker across to Johnston would win a one-on-one matchup? So it's like it was basically unstoppable. It was bullshit. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It was just go left, score, try. Um, okay, guys, on to Blake Taff at 330k with a break even of 27. 2021 average, he averaged uh, 20.4 in five games. He's a half-wing fullback, so he's got that DPP, which is nice. Stu, could you just double-check his ownership while I'm just going through the stats? Uh, he's very popular. Guys, that is 16.5%, which is way too much because at fullback, he averaged 27, which is where his break-even's at. So that sort of justifies his price. But guys, when you played fullback, you versus the Cowboys, Bulldogs, and Dragons. Okay? Two tackle busts, 150 meters gain. And 1.3 kick defusals. Like, he was very solid, and everyone's very proud of him for being such a good player the back in the last year when Latrell, you know, smashed Joey's face in. But let's be honest, like, <laughs> think about, like, the numbers. He's just literally not worth it, even if he plays, like, a couple of games while Latrell's out. You're just going to burn a trade. So I'm, I'm dispatching it, guys. Are, are you on board? Stu? <laughs> I... I- I'll let Mitch go first. I'm thinking. I I want to chuck a star on him. I saw too much good. I, I would be chucking a star on him. I thought, you know what? I thought he passed the eye test. He was very, very solid uh, for a young fella. I'm chucking a star. I, I cannot bust him. Yeah. But where's he going to play, Mitch? 14, uh, apparently. So, uh, f- from what I understand, and uh, is that he's he's got two games at fullback. So, guys, don't get him because you'll think he'll make a bunch of coin at fullback. He just won't because Latrell's coming back in two games. But apparently he's there to take up that 14. Roll right. play a bit of time around the park. He's also apparently next in line for the half position if Lachlan Ilias doesn't perform at NRL level. And that's kind of where I was going is as a long-standing Latrell Mitchell owner, his potential to play eight games, nine games in a row with another huge suspension. I think he has to be a chuck of star. We've just got to keep an eye on him because if Latrell goes down or a stew, I didn't realize that about uh, Lachlan Elias. If Lachlan Elias goes down, he might be worth seven, eight, nine points on his average. So I, I think it's worth putting a star on him. He's, just, he's too good a player to bust. Okay, I can, I can get on board. Um, just don't have him in your round one teams. No, Use 16.5%, get rid of him. Yeah, yeah. You're a nugget if you've got him round one. Yeah, 100%, guys. Uh, definitely not a round one pick, but you just just keep an eye on him. Let, let's so go to the guy guys. who should be in your round one team. Who's that, Nick? You need to have Lachlan, Ilias, Elias, who knows. 300K, break even at 24. He averaged 31 in his sole game in 2021. He's a half. 
So in 73 minutes, he versed the uh, barbecue dragons round 25. Um, he had a try, 20 tackles. He missed five of them though. So, <laughs> you know, 10 demerits just right there. 78 meters gain. He kicked for 178 meters. So I honestly didn't watch the game, didn't watch the dragons that round. Um, you know, he could see more kick meters. Uh, as, as I said before, Walker only had 125 kick meters in 2021. So if you sort of split 500 into two, you could see him picking up some kick meters, some more kick meters. Um, he just needs to miss some less tackles and, you know, that would easily bring his average straight into the mid to high 30s, just that those two things alone. So, you know, guys, you got to bring him in. Uh, absolute certified boom, in my opinion, Stu. Yeah, 100%. He's in every build that I've got there. If nothing else, due to the fact that, I guess there's two parts here. One, a lot of people are on him. So if you miss this train, you're going to be hurting for quite a while. So because other people, everyone else in the comp will be gaining value and you will not be. He's currently at 32.8% ownership. Wow. So, uh, and a lot of those will be guys who are paying attention. They'll be the guys, if you're listening to this podcast, you probably want to compete. So these are the guys you'd be competing against. So if you miss this train and he goes to a 550, 600, even 650K player, even temporarily, and you jump off, um, then you, you'll be hurting a lot. So the other part about it is, is that if you if he's a bust, he's a bust with everyone, right? If he plays six games makes 60k and then you gets kicked off the team right for taff you just jump on taff like everyone else would <laughs> so there's the opportunity cost is very low because the other part is how many other players sub at 300k or less would you want to start before him almost no one there's no other starting seven at 300k so assuming he's starting seven round one you have to have him in your team I think he might be the only certified cash cow uh, in the 2022 season. Just looking at my current team list, other than Chris Randall. Chris That's Randall, it. Uh, Amon. Oh, Amon. Yeah. Yeah, they'd be the three. Outside of that, guys, there aren't too many prospects where you look at and go, that's at least 250, 300K of potential value. And as Stu said, it's a, it's a win-win. You, you, you cannot lose out of picking him up. Worst case, you trade him out with everyone else. Yeah. And you just swing it to Black Taff or whoever takes his spot. 100%. Yep. Unless it's Benji out of retirement. <laughs> oh, God. I think we had two, three more years of him than we should have. <laughs> oh, poor Benji. Oh, List look, he's playing better than Jonathan going on Thurston there. was at the very end. So That's harsh to Jonathan Thurston, but that's a conversation to another time. Oh, it was true, though. He was cooked. He was, but that's because people were hitting him late for 10 years. It was just gross. I, yeah. I can't stand it. Yeah. Anyway, so look, Elias, uh, certified boom. Am I correct here, guys? You. Okay, who's boom, next? Maybe. Sweet ass guys, on to Jackson Polo. A bit of a smoky. Um, 327K, his break even is 26, and he averaged 26 in 2021 in nine games as a wing fullback. So we're sort of thinking he'll start the left center. So, as a winger, he's averaged 26 his whole career um, from 2020 and 2021. So, just assuming he gets Gagai's spot, he should... Uh, Gagai had 15 tackles versus 
Um, Jackson Pollock has had five tackles on the wing, so he could see you know a five eleven point bump just on the tackles alone, assuming he keeps up his running meters, which were only a hundred. So as a center, that's not you know too wild. You know, a winger for only a hundred meters isn't much at all, really. So I really see him sort of you know making a ten point you know being a mid thirty sort of player if he can jag the starting left center role. So I've got him as a boom if he's starting, boys. Uh, Stu. Yeah, look, I'm trying to make room for him in my team as well because what's more, he'll be a boom, like uh, he'll be a 327k, but if he does get that center role, he'll be get that DPP if he starts there round Ooh. one. So like he's the same uh, cost as per area, 3k less than Coates. But 13k less, or oh, 23k less than Crichton. Yeah, 23k less than Crichton. Uh for the same DPP. So if you're looking for that guy, he might be that guy that I want to put at like 18th, right? And if he's mm. making me coin, like if he's playing well, you move him up to 17. So, because uh, I like to find a bit of, um, some people really like to make their emergencies as cheap as possible. I like them to be playing games. So look, I like Jackson Paulo a lot. I, I put him as a boom if he gets that start. Yeah, he's six four hundred or so kilos, so you know wow. he's not he's not a small boy. He looked pretty small when he came into the league, but you know he was only you know nineteen or twenty. So you know, um, yeah, I, I think you know big boy in the centres. It should be should go quite well, I reckon. Yeah, one hundred ninety two um, centimeters, one hundred and one kilos. Yeah, gee whiz. So, nice. so basically, you deal with Latrell or you deal with this guy <laughs> but you're probably not dealing with both or and if not then you've got Cody Walker and Alex Johnson who've got that silky hole running ability oh gee whiz I haven't I have I, I can't recall watching too many games where I focused in on him so I'll be looking for the trials to see how he plays but just those numbers alone um I think there's cash there to be had as you said it's definitely the year of the center I'm looking at my fantasy build now and going got too many darn centers i don't know what to do with them all <laughs> That's... i think uh, mate i'm sort of thinking from a construction point of view just taking three or four of them and then just flogging whoever doesn't perform you know well it They're is just... all about making cash isn't it yeah so you know just swing it to any other cash cow when you need to but yeah, yeah. i don't think there's any other option from a cash cow point of view no, than to just... take all these bloody cents <laughs> to take it take some of them and just be ruthless absolutely ruthless yeah all right, so unlike my Jack Hetherington 2020. Anyway, uh, <laughs> I carried him all year. That was a mistake. Anyway. <laughs> you did so well. Imagine what you could have done without Jack Hetherington. Oh, yeah. Oh, 2020, I was I was just, just getting in the swing of things. But, yeah. Are you in a nugget like me? <laughs> I was. I was like, but, yeah, I just couldn't work out a way to get him out. Anyway, look, Jackson Paulo, guys, certified boom if he starts. Yep. Absolutely. Yep. Now, obviously, if he starts right center, he very much becomes more of a spicy choice than to me because he won't be on the end of that silky backline run, will he? You'll still get the tackles, though. Campbell Graham makes a few tackles. So, you know, I just see him getting uh, a 10 to 15 point tackle bump. Whew. Okay, yeah. Okay, boom for me either way. Yep. As long as he starts, obviously. Needs, needs to uh, start in the centers. If he's a winger, he's literally priced as, as his winging stats. Hey, guys, on to the forwards. We've got Damian Cook. Uh, 767k break even of 62 in 2021 he averaged 59.4 in 21 games he's a hooker and he's a 0.76 ppm so he's the second most expensive hooker in the game I believe behind Reed Marnie 
2020, he averaged 63.9. So he was four and a half points off that in 2021. So his tackles were down from 47.8 to 44.1. And also his media's gained was down, guys, from 91 to 66. So, you know, he's still very capable of going big on his day. He, he scored 101 versus the Warriors round 19. Um, he had three try assists, two line breaks, three line break assists, five tackle busts and 141 metres gained. And he forced two turnovers. I think they're worth four points a pop as well. So he absolutely racked up a huge score that day. So he's still capable. Um, now, with the new halfback, as we've mentioned like 14 times now, will he actually take more responsibility and run the bloody ball more? You know, we, we the Damien Cook everyone loves to see. He's starting out a dummy half and just breaking the line, busting tackles, finding, you know, forwards running off him as he's sort of, you know, snaking around the ruck there. Um, but, you know, he's getting a bit older. So, you know, will he add maybe a kick to his game? I don't really know where he's going to score more points, guys, if he's not getting his running game. Um, Stu, uh, I don't really know what to make of him, if I'm honest. Uh, what are you thinking? Look, I I think that he's he's a quality hooker. There's a reason why he plays for New South Wales. Like, it's all Captain Obvious stuff here. But the... He has been coming out in the press saying that like he'll have to take more responsibility now that uh, Adam Reynolds is gone. Uh, it's whether Volandi's ball really like he, I guess he'll spend some time learning how to become more of that Volandi's ball style hooker, like just seeing those moments of opportunity. Um, you know that where the t- other side is backpedaling and he can just dart out because it used to be that he used to do it off the big uh, off the back of a big forward run. But yeah, the Burgesses. Nowadays, it's it's just off the back of like the AMB player just being out of position or someone having a sneeze or something, right? Like or a set restart. Yeah. So it's it could be yeah. anything. Uh, look, I'm having a look at his his stats and his price. He's a decent keeper hooker. Some people think that he'll he'll raise in price. Personally, I think that if you're going to spend that much on a hooker, I'd start. I'd wait a week or pay for the week. Start with Grant because I reckon Grant's got a few more points in him. And is six or seven years younger to boot. Uh, Mitch, you, are you uh, looking at Cookie? Ah, Stu took my darn point. You could get Harry Grant for seventy k less, and I think Harry Grant's a better player from a fantasy Ooh. and NRL point of view. The only question I'd have about Grant, and we'll get to that next week, is he had a really ordinary twenty twenty one season with injury. Um, there are too many better choices. For me, um, I don't understand why he didn't do better under Volandis. Well, I thought his game was really conducive to it, and perhaps this season he figures it out. So I because of last that, year, he he must have just been whipping the ball to to Walker and Reynolds, right? Or they were getting yeah, they were either smash teams or they were getting smashed. They didn't really have many tight games last year, apart from maybe a couple against the Roosters. That and it. I think that, that they'll have more of those this year. They'll have a lot more tight games. So that leads me to what I was going to say is that I'll be chucking a star on him, but with Harry Grant lurking at that price point uh, and Chris Randall at his, I just don't think I can find room for him. Nick. Yeah, I'll chuck a star. I don't think I'll end up getting him. I, I agree. I, I think... Um, I actually... You know what? Yeah, I'll probably get him at some point. Um, maybe post-origin, we'll see. Yeah, oh, look, I don't think I don't think you're going to lose your shirt on him. I just think that, you know, there's better options out there this year. So, but yeah, chuck a star because you never know, right? 
when when people come in. Like I buy Ben Hunt every year because at some point he's worth it. So <laughs> he he could he could get you an early lead though in um, overall because of this absolute ripper run early from mm. rounds five to twelve that I mentioned before. So he could just carve up. I can honestly see that happening. Him just you know bursting through some of these teams that are you know dogging it, and he could just smash through and you know be a 900k player that wouldn't surprise me uh would it surprise you yeah. guys actually that's the i might move my choice up to spicy then for damien cook uh just just, just for round one I, i'm not you know yeah because yeah. he does play round one and due to the fact that yeah he will be on a absolute he could be on a tear if he is taking that extra responsibility running the more ball more often yeah, I've got a bit, a bit of spicy just for that beginning run. I think that's what sort of gets me thinking that way. So are we, Mitch, you said Chuck a star, but we're two to one. Yeah, two to one. Yeah, two to one. Okay, let's go. Great, guys. Who's next? Cam Murray, seven hundred and forty-nine k guys, break even at sixty in twenty twenty-one. He averaged fifty-seven point six in seventeen games, and he's a mid, and his PPM is point nine three, which is elite. So he lost his edge DPP, which bloody sucks. Right. Um, in twenty, he had, so he had a great twenty twenty one because in twenty twenty he averaged fifty three point nine nine, so or fifty three point nine. Um, now his PPM uh, barely drops off when he plays long minutes. So when he played sixty seventy minutes, he averaged sixty four point three. When he played seventy eighty minutes, he averaged sixty six point five. So you know. Getting through more minutes does actually increase his average, which is good. You don't he, that can sometimes go the other way. So he had 1.9 tackle busts, which will hurt him a little bit. He scored five tries, six line breaks, one try assist, and four line break assists. So, you know, if he takes some more responsibility, he could potentially get more try assists and line break assists. So I can see that happening. So my mate Mark, he's a huge fan of Cameron Murray. He's a union sort of guy, and he reckons Cameron Murray would definitely make sort of the best union player out of all the leagues. So. Uh, shout out to Mark. He wanted me to do some t- cool tackling stats, so here we go. So he's 20th in the league in tackle percentage at 28.51, so he's involved in every 3.5 tackles. So once again, guys, rugbyleagueitest.com. Go hit him up for some cool advanced stats. He was 6th in the league in total one-on-one tackles with 62. He's 4th in the league on average for one-on-one tackles at 3.1 per game. This is for players who played more than 20 games. And he was 16th in the league in tackle efficiency at 93%. So he's getting through his tackles, guys, and he makes great tackles, great technique. Um, he was second in the NRL roast's hottest 100. So he, I, guys, I think he's the gold standard between stud, fantasy stud, and also stud muffin. Um, my wife calls calls him the Prince Charming guy uh, for the Rabbitohs. So he's the absolute uh, excellent looking guy. Um, and because the Rabbitohs four-pack looks a bit light to me, and he's actually been anointed captain with Adam Reynolds gone, I think he's going to play long minutes. I'm thinking now Mitch's injury sort of dampened my spirits on him, but I had locked him in for a 63-plus average this year with a break-even of 60, so I sort of, sort of making some money. Um, Mitch, you're a bit, bit down on him from an injury point of view. From an injury point of view, I'd wait at least a month. Uh, he's properly racing to come back from this injury. Even if he gets back there, he'll be a bit light on. He will not be quite the same player he was uh, last year, which to me makes him really spicy because he might see a bit of a drop in value. And then at that point, he'll pick up the role that you're describing and there might be a bit of cash to be had 
as well as a potential keeper. So, you know, that that's what I would say about Cameron Murray. I'd be very cautious about getting him round one if he plays at all. Yeah. Do you? And for me, unlike Nathan Cleary, he doesn't. He can't play dinner suit footy because he's a middle. He's not a half. He can't. He has to tackle kick. on that shoulder, and he's not playing the trial, so we get no footage of how he's going. Um, well, I, 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 I guess yeah. I'm. I'm hoping he gets forty minutes in the trials then, and he just proves that he comes. He's a real quick healer, but I guess we'll find out. He's not slow. He. I. I am pretty confident he will not play the trials. Like ninety-five percent sure that they won't play. Fair That's enough. how close it's going to be for him to play. Fair enough. Or like 10 minutes off the bench or something. Like if he's to, lucky. Yeah, yeah. That's what I mean. Just to give him a give him a feel up. Okay. So, uh, Mitch, what what have you got him as? Spice choice or chuck a star? Technically, I suppose he's a chuck a star because we're going to wait and see and pick him up later. But um, I think as a more long-term or mid-term prospect, he's, he's certainly spicy or potentially even a boom pick. But... Uh, I suppose by our rules, he's a chuck star. Yeah, I, I guess long-term boom, but round one chuck star from you, you, Mitch, if I'm hearing you yep. correctly. That's correct, yep. Nick? Spicy for me. Um, hmm. I'm, I'm a bit worried about his uh, injury, obviously, but I think with the captaincy role, I think you're going to see him on the park for long minutes this year. Um, that Lardigier holds the shoulder in nicely, so I'm not too worried about that anymore um, from... You know, an injury point of view. So, I'll get him as a spicy boys. Stu? I, I'm on the fence here. Uh, Jim Mitch, like, he becomes a spicy for me if he does start and starts off strong, right? But I I can't recommend to round one just off the basis of Mitch's advice there, like, as far as him just being a bit undercooked, which means is that, but he is, he is what I would call a top five middle forward, right? So if you got, there's a lot of good middle forwards this year, mate. There, there are, but uh, no, no. When I say top five, right? So I've got uh, Payne Haas, right? You got Angus Croton, you got Papali'i, and McInnes. You got McInnes, and then I have Cam Murray. So as far as like final team keepers potentially in there, so top five, definitely top ten, possibly top five for me. So, yeah, I don't, I don't know if he can go seventies like Payne Haas and McInnes can, um, and they would only cost you another thirty grand, really. So yeah, that, that's, that's, why, that's why I'm chucking a star. Chucking a star. I want to. Yeah. I hopefully he does exactly what they've said there, which is he starts off a bit slow, has a few more minutes off, does 55, 60 minutes instead of sixty-five, seventy-five, and just earns you like gets that price drop until he starts hitting that form, and then during those tougher games, he's making tackles. He's running hard yards he's you know helping like helping generate line breaks so yeah third third hardest run uh post origin guys so let's hope he makes lots of tackles uh when we pick him up when he's a bit cheaper 100 percent. so look i've got him chuck a star unfortunately like most of the rest of this team all right we got Wait, as guys two more uh on to keon Kaloma Tangi. Uh, 621k with a break even of 50. He averaged uh, 2021. He averaged 47.7 in 20 games. So he's the DPP middle edge, uh, 0.65 uh, ppm. So he does have um, ppm potential because when he played less than 70 minutes, he uh, had a 0.77 ppm. So you know, if he plays less minutes. Um, I'm sort of thinking, is this a fitness issue or something like that? I'm, I'm not too sure, but uh, when he played less minutes, he had a better PPM. Um, when he played right edge, you know, the left edge 
uh, we think may take a hit this year. But, you know, right edge, I'm assuming he's sort of just going to be who he is, which is sort of an, a 49 average sort of player uh, playing, you know, eight minute role, let's just say. Um, I don't really know. I'm not really interested in Kalon Matangi, to be honest. So I'm not sure I'd even bring him in because I don't see too much upside if he gets more minutes. Like, I don't know what any catalysts for his um, fantasy relevance will be, Stu. He, he goes well against crap teams. I'm looking at it now, right? So Titans, 67. Raiders, which last year they were a crap team, 67, right? Uh, who else are we going through here? Warriors, 75. Dragons, 69. Round 20 uh, after Barbecue Gate, right? And uh, otherwise, he's basically averaging around that 49 average, 51 versus the Panthers, 49 versus the Titans in round 22. So he's just one of those guys who gets his extra attacking stats because he, he kind of bulldozes almost like a Joey Lay Lewis style kind of bulldoze uh, some tackle mm. busts and whatever else, right? And yeah, in those big games, he bumps from like one or two tackle busts up to four. Uh so through that easy stretch I mentioned earlier, round five to round twelve, would you consider bringing him in potentially? Not really, because I I see that like he's pretty highly priced, and mm. but he doesn't really score those tries. Like I'd rather, I'd rather bring in uh, Olakoda. O- o- <laughs> I can't even speak. O- there we go. Thank you so much. <laughs> like, if I had to say that, if you held a gun to my head, I would be dead right now. Um, I'd rather bring him in because at least from him, I see that like uh, the Angus Crichton style, like those attacking stats on the on the edge there um, and getting fed good quality ball. Whereas I see He's him- pretty silky. He's a silky player, actually. He's got a decent set of hands, actually, and a, good, and a nice offload. So he, he actually could have attacking upside compared to, say, an Olakawatu, sort of a oh, argy-bargy, he, sort of just tuck it under and bulldoze people sort of player. But he can do that too, I guess. He, he, can, he can do that. He's He's got some versatility, but I would um, – look, he's, he's, not, he's not on my radar for the first run, unfortunately. Uh, Mitch? I just think there are better options out there in the middle edge. Hudson Young comes to mind. Angus Crichton comes to mind. Uh, even, I, I suppose, you know, you don't get the edge, but even Cameron Murray, I know they're all more expensive, but they're just better keeper options. And I think there's probably better cash cows out there to be had. So he just sort of sticks in that um, middle zone where he's not going to really make you anything and there are better long-term options out there. So I'd consider him to be a bust. Yeah. If he was 500k, I'd be on it because I reckon you can probably get to 650 in that early run and make you that 150k. But he's starting at 600. I just, I don't think he, and he, yeah, you're right there, Mitch. He's, he's just not quite got it to, to win it. But as guys, um, what are we thinking? Uh, are we are we chucking a star or are we just going to bust him? Oh, I'm busting him. I'm busting him. But- Sorry, mate. Certified bust on Kalamatangi then, all three of us. Okay, guys, last one. It's been a long pod, but we've got one more. Jay Arrow, 554K with a break even of 44. 2021 average of 43 in 20 games. He's a mid and a 0.89 PPM, which is nice. So he's not as good as um, Murray from PPM point, point of view, but um, when he plays uh, interchange, prop, or lock, he is a 1.00 uh, PPM, which is quite nice. So... Uh, but we think he's going to play second row and his PPM drops off like most players to a 0.71, which is respectable. Um, so he averaged 39.2 in 55 minutes on the edge. 
he's not a huge minute player, to be honest. So he usually plays at 55-ish, 45, 55 sort of minute role, regardless of whether it's on, um, whether it's through the middle or on the edge, which is a bit, a bit disappointing. So um, I suppose the upside here would be if he can sort of play the bulk of his uh, 55 minutes through the middle, and then if he can play 15 minutes on the edge, you'll get a 50.7 projection. But um, where do you sort of sit from a... Minutes point of view, Stu. Have you got an uh, 80 on, on the edge or what Look, are you thinking? I, I reckon that um, Jairo is... I'm just having a look at their bench right now. Like, just I don't want to, you know, give people the bad oil, so to speak. Look, they're running a bit light on Jacob the bench. Post. So they've got Jacob Post. That, so they've got Tom Burgess, who's a out-and-out prop, right? So, and you've got... Uh, at 13, you've got Cam a- Murray, who plays long minutes. And you've got yep. Avili, who will probably cover the bulk of Cam Murray's minutes, like the rest of the middle, slash Damien Cook, like, you know, the 10 minutes. And 10 minutes for Cook, Cookie, 10 minutes for Cam Murray if needed, right? So there's not too many guys coming for his minutes, and there's not too many guys to replace him apart from maybe Jagged Host in that team. So what I would think is that Jairo plays a lot of edge minutes, but also that he's a quality player. Like, he's an origin-level player. Yes, he's played most of his career in the middle. But he can he can put out big minutes. Like, he's been a 750K player in his day. So, look, and if he gets the DPP, 550K, for me, I reckon he's probably a spicy choice. You might be able to make a bit of coin on him. But I'm not, I'm not going to certify him boom because I'm not sure there's a... Like, I want that 150 grand... Right, if it's a boom uh, for this sort of guy, and I'm not sure at all. He could make that. He could make it. That 750 requires him to get to about 56, 55, right? 56. Has he got that in him? How many minutes would he have to get to get to that? I, I'm presuming it to be like 75, oh. I think. Oh, I just don't see those yeah. minutes on this team, mate. Maybe he might with Murray not being able to play as much early on, but it's a lot of minutes. I, I just don't see the minutes there. Yeah, he's yeah. Though I, I can't see like who's taking off him. Jacob Host maybe a bit. Maybe. But, well, Wayne Bennett's gone, and he didn't really like Jacob Host by the look of it. That's true. He but like, like if you look at that middle rotation now, you, you've got so you've got Tom Burgess, who's more of an impact player these days. The he's a forty-minute player. That's yep. it. So you got Mark Nichols, who's not a long minute player. Uh, like I'm not seeing any huge minute guys in that team. So I reckon I, I reckon he'll get a lot of minutes on the edge, and that's where I'm thinking that Jairo will get a lot of minutes. I think he's got an elite level motor. Uh, just in yeah, that. but his PPM just falls off a cliff like most people on the edge, you know. So if he gets so longer minutes on the got, edge, it's sort of sixty five minutes at point. Seven, you were saying Nick was his edge average. Is yep. that right? Yep. So what so was that? Yeah, that's like mid to high forties, which is yeah. pretty well already where he's. Where is that? And, and yeah. uh, if he if he gets otherwise, if he gets, uh, but if he's getting get fed the good oil from Cody Walker on that edge. But then you're banking on attacking stats on a team that isn't what it yeah, used to be. Well, that's what makes elite. Yeah, I guess that's what makes elite edges for the guys at home is that you've got to add these guys because their PPM's down a little bit from because they're not making as many tackles they're not necessarily doing as many hit ups because they've got to play longer minutes they can serve themselves a little bit you've got to find those guys who either have those like elite level that they can still attack 
and defend and go hard all game, like Tohu, Harris, Angus, Crichton. They're just ultra fit and big and fast. Or you've, uh, you've basically got to play with guys who are just feeding you excellent quality ball. So, yeah, if you're saying that they're not gonna, he's not going to get that. Look, for me, it's a spicy choice, but I'm happy to take your guys' verdict on it. It's just hard to, to guess what's going to happen with him from a minute's point of view. Um, yeah, I guess... And then within that, a role point of view, right? Because if yeah. he gets the right role in the right minutes, he's he could be a boom. Yeah. If he gets 80 at 0.75, right, he gets 60 points a game. I think he has yeah. to be a... Okay, well, maybe we make him a chuck a star and see how he plays first game because, as you said, Stu, in the past, if he busts out 80 minutes, you haven't missed the party. Or if he busts out, busts out 70 or 80 points, you haven't Let, missed the let's party. Assume, let's assume he gets his DPP, right, as an edge. So you'd start him on your edge, right, or would you start him in your mid? I'm just thinking, would you prefer Jay Arrow or um, Ewan Aiken? For your edge, probably Jai Arrow because Nathan Brown's not the coach, and there's no <laughs> that's true. That's true. Oh, look, I, I, I totally get your point, but I, I'd probably start Jai Arrow in my middles and then move him later on the year to the edges. But or you have him as your interchange for but, cover. But you're right, Chaka Star is not too bad as long as you're happy to shift on him quickly because round one, if he gets a sixty, right, which I'm saying, if he gets the full eighty at point seven five, he'll only gain sixteen grand. Right, you will not miss the boat. He's not two hundred and twenty k. Where if you miss, you know, if he gets a sixty, you're you've left eighty grand on the table. Yeah, I had him uh, round one last year, and I thought he was a genius when he we popped off a seventy four against the storm to begin with. And you know, I'm thinking oh, I'm a bloody genius, but then it just decayed and decayed and decayed into you know twenties and thirties and forties, and it just. You know, he didn't really go anywhere after starting so well. So, you know, he's capable. It's just... Stu said he's an elite player with an elite motor, though. Like, I'm not going to bust him. And I could definitely definitely be convinced that he's a spicy as well. But but my rule is... I've got him as Chuck a star because that's the rules. Because I'm going to watch him for a game. Yeah, uh, look, I'll, 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 I'll chuck him in spicy just to the fact that we have no one else there. <laughs> Better yeah. for the promos. <laughs> oh, mate. I, I, can I tell you now, currently under my Chaka star on, I've got <laughs> Moali, Taz, Latrell, Taff, Cook, and Murray. If I had another one in there, it's going to be size one font. I thought Murray was quite spicy when I presented him, but no one wanted to. Uh, no one wanted a piece of the pie. Oh, I'm well, sure I that told with you. his actual expertise. So, you know. God damn it. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so, okay, so look, uh, Jai Arrow... I'm going spicy, yeah. yeah. We'll chuck him in as a spicy. So, to review, boom, we have two certified booms in this one. Luckily, and Ilias or Elias, I-L-I-A-S for you people at home, uh, get him 300k half. Chuck He's him a on your must. Bench, walk away, right? Put him in, th- put in Nathan Cleary and then put him straight after. As um, Mark from Fantasy Amateurs says, uh, pause the podcast, open the app and add him to your team if you don't already have him. <laughs> yeah, fair enough. And uh, look, next up, uh, Jackson Paulo. If he gets that center spot, that Dane Gagai spot, or even if, you know, the other edge, he's, you know, we're not seeing maybe 300K in him, but we're possibly seeing, you know, you get enough money that he can crack that 500,000 mark. Uh, at some point 
and you can cash out. Uh, spicy choice, Jai Arrow. Again, if he gets that starting edge spot, if he's on the bench, you know, I, I'm not seeing a huge amount different to him to how he started previously, so uh, he'd probably be in a void. But yeah, on the edge, Jai Arrow is the spicy choice. Chuck a star, Davy Moale, Isaiah Tass, both of them teamless Tuesday dependent. And then we have other guys who are waiting on um, Latrell Mitchell, uh, Blake Taff, Damien Cook, and Cam Murray. We're all just waiting on later on the season, seeing either how the roles shake out as far as uh, Taff, or for the other three, Mitchell, Cook, and Murray, uh, possibly for that price dip, or for just for our teams to earn a bit more cash so we can afford them, because they're all fi- guys you would not hate to see in your team, final team, except for Mitch, who... Uh, Latrell, Mitch does not like you. Sorry. <laughs> and- I think I'm justified on that one. <laughs> that could be a sneaky pod, though. With that easy run, that could be a sneaky pod as your gun wing fullback. If if you're not sure on Paps from a from a concussion point of view, let's, let's, he let's just play it around. Real- three, so, so basically, you're saying let's go with captain concussion or sergeant suspension. <laughs> <laughs> Okay. Uh, I thought we were trying to be helping players here. (laughs) Okay, round three. round No, but so he comes back round three, and then he's got that easy stretch before Origin. Oh, so so can I hear you correct here? You're you're trying to tell people, hold open 671K. No, 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 not round one. Not round one. I take the back. That's what I mean. So so, so then you see you've got to burn a trade or two to get the cash to bring him in. No, and then you okay, got to sell him okay. for Origin. Yeah, I forgot he was suspended. Okay, I forgot. Okay, okay. don't bring him in. Oh, jeez. <laughs> this is why you're the fantasy nugget at the beginning, mate. Far out. Okay. It's, it's been a long pod, mate. It's been a long pod. Oh, jeez. Yeah, if you're talking yourself into Letro, you know, the pod's gone too long. <laughs> Stockholm Syndrome. We need to rewind back to the, you know, the two-hour mark when I started ranting about him. <laughs> oh, all good. Okay, so, and we've got Bust. We have Cody Walker, Alex Johnson, uh, Keon Kalomotangi, and Campbell Graham. Uh, just due to the fact that we think that there's not much value in them and they're not final team keepers, in our opinion. So, uh, ladder positions for uh, 2022. Look, I went with Nick first last time. So, Mitch, where do you have Souths? I got him in seventh, mate. Um, they're better than a lot of teams that obviously I put below them. They're just not the same team that they were last year and they're missing the coach, which I think is a pretty important ingredient. I do think they have enough class to crack the eight, but they're not taking home the premiership this year. So, hmm. Okay. Yep. So seventh, uh, Nick. Fifth, mate. Yep. Wow. And I've, uh, I've kind of, uh, gone through the middle there I've got them coming in as sixth so I'm just coward (laughs) (laughs) it's funny for the first couple of rounds I hadn't really written it down I was just kind of thinking at the time oh about here should be alright and then I started writing down a list I'm like wait I'm an idiot I haven't actually thought through this at all I'm just saying you'd be backed into them they have they must come six just by process of elimination. <laughs> <laughs> kind of. And and to be fair, that's where the roosters are at this year where look, I'm not sure that the Rabbitohs. Rabbitohs. So sorry. The Rabbitohs. Oh, <laughs> yeah. For, for me it's where the Rabbitohs have come out this season. It's by process of elimination. It's basically going, Look, these teams I don't think will quite make the eight. 
these mm. other teams I think will be doing better. So, although having a look at my my ladder here, I've also got the dragons. The only one who's put the dragons in top eight. So you know, I might have just oh, you uh, nugget. Mate, you are going to be wearing nugget. egg. You are going to be wearing egg. I think I put them too high in ninth. Now that they've signed Anthony Griffin, they're going to get the spoon. <laughs> Fucking hell. They signed him already. Right? They're going to have to live with these decisions I, no matter I, what. I am just beyond filthy. I, I, like I'm going to support the Panthers. I'll support the Raiders. Shit, Raiders I'll support the Bulldogs. I, I, I'll support anyone. I'll support anyone that beats the Dragons because they need to learn from their mistakes. And yes. I've bought a season membership again. It's just, I'm just pissed <laughs> off. That's why they just knew, oh, look, we, we've auto, we've got his money again, boys. Let's let's sign him on. All right. Or he debited you, banker. That's it. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you, you were probably like the last membership that pushed him over the line to give him his million dollar signing bonus. <laughs> anyway, look, okay. So to wrap it up, guys, uh, we've got a few players this year. Uh, but look, recommended players from the Seagulls or the Rabbitohs. See, I said that time it correctly. So, who have you got? Uh, let's go with Nick. Who are you picking? I was hoping you wouldn't ask me. Um, I'm just going to take the easy one. Carl uh, Lawton, if he starts, he's an absolute boom. Mate, that's, that's very good oil. I actually like that. I'm currently on the other side of the page also trying to work him out how to get him into my team. Mitch. I'm also going to take the layup. Yeah, Lachlan Elias, if you don't have him, um, you're not winning any competitions, any head-to-heads. You're a nugget. Just put him in the squad. You can't lose. Yeah, make some money. That's it. And for myself, uh, just having a look through here. Yeah, you've we really only had one boom from the Seagulls in Carl Lawton. Uh yeah, look, I, I'm going to have to go for Jackson Paulo for this one. Um, if he gets that starting position, uh, I just think that there's probably a little bit more coin in him than just, say, uh, potentially someone like Pereira or uh, Coates. Or if nothing else, he'll uh, sit there as a suitable choice on your bench somewhere. Thanks for fi- yeah, fixing up my spelling there, Nick. Oh. Can't, can't, can't go wrong with that, mate. Mitch, I was just thinking about Lachlan uh, Elias. Uh, could he be like the DCE of 2011 where he comes in and just makes you like stupid amounts of cash? I know he's not 220K or, you know, bottom basement, but do you remember that season 2011 where, you know, DC did the, the old cash cow into final team keeper sort of thing? Yeah, I had him that year. Um, it was a good year. I don't think we're going to see that sort of DCE or even Harry Grant type of year. Though I wouldn't be shocked if he found his way to 650, 700K. So what would that be? Um, 400, 400. 400, yeah. I reckon, I reckon he's worth 400K. There so you go. If, if you could get to 400K, that would be as much as peak um, uh, Jaden Braley last year. You know, you'd be making more than that. You Basically, the only guys made more money than that recently was Turbo last year. He went from 477 to a bit over a million. Yeah, he, he's going to be very good. I don't think he quite has a class of DCE though, Nick. Like, uh, DCE was transcendent at that point and he was on a team on the rise. I, I believe Manly won the premiership that year. They did. Mm. I was there. All right. Well, guys, thanks for tonight. So we got uh, our recommendations uh, from Nick, Carl Lawton, from Mitch Lachlan Elias and from myself, Jackson Paulo. 
So, and we've got uh, we've got both teams performing well this year that we both got the, we've all got the Rabbitohs on the slide uh, and the Seagulls about the same as last year. So, guys, any last thoughts before we kick off for tonight? No, that's about it. I'm looking forward to the Storm and Panthers next week. We might have to bring Emma on for her assessment of Nathan Cleary. That should be... Mate. worth hearing i mean if you're, gonna, if you're gonna hear anything out of our podcast i reckon that five minute spiel will be well worth it um, mate you're gonna you're gonna have to pre-record that so i can bleep it okay <laughs> <laughs> oh, or at least redact redact the parts that are gonna get a suit or something so jeez. <laughs> oh, anyway so but no mate that sounds great and i uh, will catch you guys next week so that'll be the last of our team reviews for our pre-season podcast and then week nine, we will be going into our teamless construction, uh, like how to build a team in it, like how we all build our teams and who we've got. And then week 10 is teamless Tuesday. So I've hit the guys up. We're going to do a Tuesday night podcast and COVID willing and go from there. So, and I guess look through who, what all the changes are and who we're going to pick. So look, Thanks for listening to us this far. Um, I'm still searching for Mexican star beans. I possibly found some in Ukraine, though whether you want anything from there, you know, some Chernobyl beans or whatever else, we'll find out. <laughs> Probably yeah, where they're, they're, they're all gone. <laughs> That's really what Russia's after. <laughs> <laughs> That's that's it. Well, I, I, I think I saw the other day that, uh, you know, if you want to bulk up, that's... Uh, a gram of uh, yellow cake uranium has about 20 billion calories in it. So, you know, what? <laughs> probably worse for you than Starburst. <laughs> All about the gains though, right? <laughs> Mate, with those gains, you can end world hunger. Anyway, guys. Oh, just a quick just a quick reminder, guys, for social media. Uh, like us on Facebook and Instagram at Boom or Bust NRL. So, uh, comment on our things if you think we're nuggets. Uh, send us a message if you have any questions. You know, just hit us up during the week. We respond, we respond pretty quickly. Um, yeah, we we love just chatting footy. So yeah, feel free to hit us up anytime. Yep. Thanks. Thanks everyone, and uh, we'll catch you next week. Goodbye. Thanks, guys. Cheers. All good, mate. Cheers.